Hey everybody, before starting up this week's show, let me once again thank the Second Print Comics podcasting duo, Mark and Remzo, for being the official sponsors of this week's Weird Science episode. And this week, I'm going to let you in on yet another reason you should subscribe to the Second Print Comics podcast. There's a ton of reasons. This is just yet another one. And I don't even know that Mark and Remzo realize this, that, that they're matchmakers. And, and really, it works out well because we still are, as I record this, in February, the sexiest month of the year. And they have been great matchmakers for me by introducing me to a bunch of comics that I probably wouldn't have read if they didn't talk about them. Stuff like Savage Dragon, The Max, Ninjack, and more. The Wolfman. Not The Wolfman, wrong turn. That continues this week. Because when their show drops on Wednesday, and every show does drop every Wednesday, they'll be talking about the 80s indie comic Mage the Hero Discovered. And how do I know that? Did they tell me this? No. I actually listened to the podcast already because I am a patron of theirs, and you get early access to all of the episodes. And I've already listened to it as I've recorded, and I will give you the verified stamp of kick-ass podcast right there. So I expect everybody to listen to that on Wednesday. And how you're going to do all this, I'm going to give you the eight simple rules here. It might be less or more. I don't know. We'll just go with eight simple rules. What you do is you search Second Print Comics wherever you listen to podcasts. And then you subscribe, right? Then listen to each episode when it drops on Wednesday. Again, this week being Mage the Hero Discovered, right? Then go to at Second Print Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. And follow them, and I'll hit the ding sound for that because the Metal Gear Solid is starting to annoy me, but they're smart with that. Again, I'll say, at Second Print Pod on both Twitter and Instagram, they were smart enough to make the same address on both, unlike people like me, who are dummies. Well, then you follow them there. Then go to their website at secondprintcomics.com, and then go to their Patreon at patreon.com slash secondprintpod. And one of the things that I really get a kick out of, and there are a bunch of people from the Get Fresh crew uh, uh, that are also part of the Second Print Podcast crew. So it is a kind of a melding, a melding of minds, if you will. I think that side might have all the smarts. Maybe I could say me and Eric have the looks, but I'm involved, so that isn't true either, unfortunately. But with all of that, again, thank you, Mark and Remzo, for sponsoring here. Everybody check them out. Now off to the show. People of Earth. How are you? Hello and welcome back to the only show that breaks down, cracks up, skews, and reviews each week's DC Comics. I'm your, how do you like our motorcycle, Eric Shea? And I'm Jim Warner. And this is the Weird Science DC Comics Podcast, episode number 404, Not Found. Yes, I like your motorcycle, Eric. It's legacy number, though, <laughs> legacy number 638, I think. We are here, all you weirdos, to talk a bunch of books, six books tonight. I like a bunch of them. I, I actually, there are two books on this podcast tonight that I really, really like. And you even set me up to like them even more as we were talking about them. I think I'd like them even more than that, Eric. Yeah, it's all fun and games. It's strange that Action Comics isn't on your $25 do it I know. Pool, well, so. I told you. Uncle I admitted Menace. yesterday <laughs> that I kind of forgot about it, but it may be. But maybe that's not one of the books that I'm talking about, Eric. 
it is obviously one of them. You you can actually narrow it down because obviously that it's two of your books and there are two really good books of your books. So I think you know the ones I'm talking about. I think you're just really hyped on the idea of the Red X reveal. It is. I couldn't wait for the Red X reveal. And and seriously, why shouldn't I be hyped when I was waiting for this Red X reveal and we get two? Holy moly! Is it two? One and is a half, a, maybe. I don't know, but half yeah, an answer, I'm, like half an answer thing and a whole new bag maybe. of questions. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, I was pretty hyped up reading these, and I was getting really, really charged up for a couple of those. And I will admit, and when we go and we'll talk about it more when we do go in action comics, the first page where you had that Federico Federici art, Ricardo Federici art, and it was just narration and a full. I'm like. Really? Like th- and then we turn the page. I'm like, really? holy crap. I'm in. I'm in. No, I, I really did like it. So that is a little bit of a, a spoiler a shout out for a little later. But as we get into He's this, let me remind so. people I'm shouting out to myself. I'm okay. excited. I mean I, I we spoil, have this shout idea. out to myself in about ten minutes. I'm excited because a lot of times, you know, in the near past we have had to start this Looks out like and I'd say and I well. tried to well, I tried to tell people like Listen, just because we're negative, we don't do that. I'm excited to say that I'm real hyped up for some of these books tonight and even some of the books last night. And that's the first bit to remind everybody that on Friday night on this year feed, we have the Thank God It's Friday podcast. That was episode 403, obviously, that we did just a, a day or two ago, depending on how you're listening to this. And we ended up talking Aquaman, Blue and Gold, Deathstroke, Inc., and Test Force C. So if you haven't listened to that, go over and listen to that right now. But also go over to our Twitter at Weird Science DC. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Go to our website, WeirdScienceDCComics.com, where you can get reviews for most of the books that we talk about tonight and any other night. Right, Eric? Also go to our Instagram, Weird Science Comic. And then finally go to our Patreon, Patreon.com slash Weird Science where you can get a plethora of shows, including the big Patreon spotlight. That kind of starts off our week of recording. That comes out Thursday night, and it's two books picked by the bad asses of the Get Fresh crew. <laughs> right, Eric? Is that how they uh, say it? I don't think I want to play and with you this anymore. this <laughs> week it was Aquaman Green Arrow Deep Target number five. A little Jurassic World going on there, we like to say. Kind of dressing, hopefully. Trying to wonder. No, I Uh, really, you keep hoping that. I don't see it. DC versus vampires. Yes, I know. DC versus vampires. Number five. Are you aware of that new Aquaman flash book that's going to be coming out from the Lansing and Kelly team? Right when I see these weird combos of team ups with Aquaman involved, I'm like, here we go again. What what are we going to have here? Uh, as so long as we don't have a Freaky waiting. Friday situation, I think I'll be happy with this story. But what we really need is that, you know, spin off to Aquaman to be coming where we actually see Aquaman paired up with Frankenstein on Mars to see what mission that he was doing cool. while Jackson I mean, that you know, is a was cool becoming. Deal. Like a little bit of a, like, hey, everybody, let's go three issues, maybe. Let's go. Yeah. Because that's what actually that Flash and Aquaman is as well. But the idea of, like, let's just see what craziness they were up to there. Is my but, Aquaman and Frankenstein crazy? Is it crazy? Yes. No, just stupid. <laughs> Actually, whatever. Here we though are. And as we said, the bad asses ended up picking those. So with that, it's time to give them a little bit of a shout out, a little bit of a roll call. Here we go. 
not gonna do it. I'm not gonna start off with my rapping abilities. That is, I don't. I'm not a you know a playing monkey. How do you how do you say it? <laughs> I don't yeah, know. Let's see. Let's use the talking abilities. <laughs> Nader, Tater, Ted Probst. I was trying to pull up the list. I love punchline. We'll hear from later. Michael Asparis, Polly Cam, Joseph Wojcik. Matt Razor, D-Man 3000, Lady Abby, and Lord Andy. Matches Malone, Niels Keyword, David Fink, Joey Bercasco, Stephen Baum, Jason Colby, Sue 42 to you and me. Michael G, Ken Halleck, Kamakum Rake, Cellar Dweller, Mark Jager, Aldrin Stoja, Nick Adams, Bill Beer of the Bat Pod, Ruben, Carlos, not Wolf Marv, Luke Hollywood, he he's going to be going somewhere on Sunday. I just wanted to let you know. Cool. He, he's not going to be in town. Eric Simon, Luis, we'll hear from later. Manship, I hear from him all week. All of his craziness. Andrew and Belfast, Swanee, Anthony G, Josh Million, my man Pete from NYC, Batman Beyond, Mark, our man Rob Lewis, Brandy Murray, Beamer. Don't get a hold of him and tell him that Buffalo didn't win the Super Bowl. I, I kind of have him convinced they might have him. Double A, Ron. Up there in Minnesota, an all-time shout-out to Reggie, the all-time badass. So thanks all of what, what? you bad asses for picking that deep target book, but also thanks to all the Patreons, and then even thanking all of the people listening, because as you listen, you're a weirdo in the Get Fresh crew. Uh, uh, but boop, with boop. that, we got a bunch of stuff coming up here. we got a lot of mail, so let's get right into it right about now. Cheese of the podcast, the reviews. Would you have laughed if I would have changed the lyrics to Anna Volsian had gluten-free snacks in her hands? Would you have no, laughed at I would not have laughed at that. Because <laughs> the thing is, I was going to say, I like the song a lot as it is. And as much as you don't care for the Shadows of the Bat, the Tower series, the 12-part series, when it's over, I am going to really be sad to You're see gonna that song. You're going to miss that song. You're going to miss it. Thank you, Eric. Thank <laughs> you very much. Really it's funny, like that though. Song. One of the times when I end up doing songs, you get upset if I keep them very close to the cuff of what the song is. But that actual song, you could just play just the regular deal of the Fun Boy 3 of that, <laughs> if anybody was wondering. So and I do, I do love the Fun Boy 3. Uh, it's one of those weird bands. I just listen to those lyrics and think about what we've been reading this entire time. I'm like, mwah. Yeah, well, thank you. But you wouldn't have liked the idea of gluten-free. No, <laughs> Seriously, you say this, and I ended up in between sections there. I'm loading things up, and I'm like, is this the time that I hit back with the Magistrate City for no reason to drive <laughs> Eric nuts? And I did load it up, 
And then I thought, no, 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 because we're getting so close to the idea of what that song is and everything going down. So I, I did end up at the last second. Not it's day 24, you, Jim. You had me blushing, Eric. Oh, my <laughs> goodness, here. Uh, so with that, though, also in between the deal, while that song was going, I end up having, and I usually have a lot of drinks going, and I have coffees and things like that. So you I ended up where I have two coffees, and I wanted to kind of, you know, combine them a little. So I end up grabbing the one cup, and I poured it in. I don't know what was in that cup. It, it wasn't coffee. I'm worried, Eric. What's wrong with you? I'm going to take a sip of this, Eric. I'm going to oh, see if it me, is something. It's just going to be mold and awfulness. I know it's gross. It, it didn't. It didn't taste great. It, it didn't. But hey, who am I to say, Eric? This is me. A person uh, with eyes and gonna, taste buds. You're going to have to go with it. But smell I don't really I don't have a lot of great smell or taste buds, and I don't have a lot of great taste either, as you can tell by my partner here. Oh my goodness, Eric! Here we are. We I'm have never two books. Giving you a compliment again. <laughs> That is about the first time ever. I do try to mix in compliments to you, and you always think that there's going to be like, when's the other shoe going to, you know, fall uh-huh. there? Well, what's the deal? When's the hammer going to hit? Uh, but we're going to be talking about in this section Detective Comics number 1054, and then Action Comics number 1040 in uh, a pretty cool section. It's back to the classic deal. And I think that with the, and I even was going to mention, I used the classic theme song, even, Eric, because I think with the amount of mail, these sections, it does feel. A little more classic as we go, uh, but just a little shout out before we go. You can read our written reviews, as I already said. Go over to WeirdScienceDCComics.com. You can see our reviews of the Detective Comics, which I did, and Action Comics, which Eric did. And I was kind of pissed off. You like to say compliments. I go and I put the tweets up for the reviews. I mean, what, what is this? A love fest for Eric Shea reviews? Where's the compliments from mine? I, I end up where all these people are like. Great review from Eric. I'm like, Hooray. I'll kill you all. Why do I think of that as a compliment for anybody else is actually a diss to me? Because you're psychotic. I, I don't know. Yeah, okay, well, there we solved it, Eric. We solved the, the riddle you're right welcome. there. We're going to start off, though, with Detective Comics number 1054. That is the Tower Part 8, written by Mariko Tamaki, with art by Max Rayner, Luis Guerrero, and Ariana Mayer. Not Pedro Guerrero, Eric, and then also the House of Gotham, as we like to call the boy backup, which is part eight as well. And that's written by Matthew Rosenberg, art by Fernando Blanco, Jordi Belair, and Rob Lay. So we start off this, and I've had some problems. I mean, it's not any sort of riddle there. I haven't really loved this story because of the idea that we saw what was going to happen at the end, and it doesn't seem like there's not going to be we that many story twists and turns. seeing how everything's going to end, so it's like, okay, when we get to see everything going to fall apart. And the thing is, I've liked it enough, but the idea of what we got in the interim between the idea of day one to day 24, of how things are going to go, go tits up fast, is what we got in the middle of this whole story. Is it has the journey really been worth it to get to that end? Yeah, and that's the problem here. And, and so we're at you know, part eight, there's 12 parts, obviously. And so when we're almost there, like you're almost to the point where at the end of this issue, they have Dr. Ware and at least Siphon does. And we know that he's going to end up having a finger cut off. It seems thrown out a window. You almost sit there and say, come on, let's get with this. And and almost the, let's check the out fear come on. And, and kind of the fear of, is this what we're going to be dealing with for the next three or four issues? Because we kind of know how that happened. And as we went, it got a little kind convoluted. I kind of hope it next issue. And I really the wanted next to. One something yeah. new. Well, that's one of the things, and that's what I was going to lead to. I'm with you. I kind of feel like maybe there's something past that that might be interesting, but I only feel like we're just going to have fight, 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 tower done. And fight, so fight, I'm fight, worried fight, about this. Done. Fight, 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 tower done. And here we go. We got none. 
I don't know. But you end up cool. starting this off, right? And you ended up setting up a deal where, well, I'll, I'll mention it again. You brought it up, and it was a great point, the idea that, and I said that the Bat family had a lot of trouble trying to find the party crashers. They yeah. ended up having to go a convoluted way with these. And, and what I think about Mariko Tamaki really is the idea where she sets up these weird clues in a Batman 66 way for the Bat family to find the party crashers, but then nothing really comes about from it. And then she drops everything that was just to get there. And so then the party crashers are found. The Bat family takes them out right away. They end up going bail, meaning what? they get out. And then they just decide, we're going to find the Bat family now and find them lickety split. Just imagine that, though, the idea that we have these micro caves in the sewers that Bruce set up after he lost his money. He's out of Gotham now, so the rest of the Bat family are taking advantage of this. And as we saw issues and issues ago, you have to press a specific block on the, like the sewer tunnels, which opens up a secret door, which takes you into one of the micro caves. The party crashes, they just kind of like happen upon it, like, oh my god, a bat cave and the bat family calls in for backup, but you may think like, you know, oh my god, everybody is pinned down by machine gun fire while Nightwing is being taken control of by the psycho pirate. All is lost, all are doomed. And when you jump in this issue with that kind of conclusion, it's like, oh my god, how are they gonna do this? They instantly take out instantly, the party crashes. This is what no happens. fuss, no muss, and even Nightwing, under the like control of the psycho pirate, he just overcomes it and it's yeah, done. And it's done. And so the setup, there's barely a setup, but then when we get to the issue and what's going on, it just ends up ending quick. It was like when the Bat family found the party crashers, kick, kick, punch, done. And now we go into this and you end up having, like, why didn't they just shut that door? I mean, you end up having the party crashers, they're firing we on. We need to get some air in here, it kind of stinks. This is, the, yeah, this is the other thing that I get with Mariko Tamaki that I've been saying all along, it doesn't seem like she respects the Bat family that much writing it. And there were parts of her Twitter where she had come out and like tweeted stuff. Oh, geez, I got to write this again. Oh, I'm going to. So and and I I ending. I'm not going to say anything about that. It's like people going with Jeffrey Thorne on yeah. the Green Lantern. Like whatever. Not everybody loves every character they write or whatnot. But you still have to write a good story. And in this, you end up where the party crashers even are like, oh my god, the Bat family. I found them. I'll just call three more guys in. They end up just evening up. They're like, this is the Bat family. Why not call everybody in if you're going to take them down? Well, they end up shooting at them. And then you even have Steph like, man, whose idea was it to be down in a cave? No, no, no. This was a Bat cave. This was a Bat micro cave. Such a weird it's idea to just... call this a cave when it's not even like this is the least a cave we have. This is a sewer tunnel that you have a back room and a sewer tunnel, which we are graciously calling a micro cave. Yeah. But still, it's almost as if she's just saying, oh, we just hold up in this hole in the middle. No, this was something bigger. But then they take them down. They just end up taking them down lickety split. As they should, because they have Cassandra Kane there. Yeah, I mean, they should. I I'm saying the idea, though, is, like you said, you set up all these things. Well, then you end up having this big deal where you're going to have this big presentation at the tower. They're going to open it up for paid People to come in, not just the big psycho killers, but people who just want some help. So they're going to have that. Again, I don't know why, if you are playing this Dr. Ware stuff, he's really setting things up too much in my mind to really fail. When you could have just had, well, we're going to do this. It'll start next month, whatever. But get the check to get everything going. Because obviously you're going to have to get the check and set some things up. And the check's already been written. We have to wait till the end of this whole fit, this whole celebration to clear the check so Dr. Ware can get the hell and, out and of here by a, tomorrow. Now I'm thinking it is just written out, Dr. Ware. Yeah. There you go. It's a personal check. 
Batwoman says, I'm going to go down and talk to Nakano. This throws things off overall on that idea that Nakano should still he's have cool the no now. mask thing. He's just so cool with it. Well, he ran his campaign on it. Now that he's won, you don't have to do anything you promised. But you never had that Politician. idea of it being done. So her sure. going and saying. I think the magistrate was just a silent way to end it. Like, the magistrate was this big, bad thing. Like, yep, that masks are pretty bad, huh? Shh, let's not talk about it I no love more. the idea of Nakano's, like, no masks. But I love the magistrate. The magistrate goes bad. He's like, hey, masks. I wish that this was more in the line of Batwoman saying, that's it. I'm going down and I'm going to see Nakano. But it is this weird meeting where she even comes down. Do you have an appointment there, Batwoman? Yes, I'm going to meet him here. So while that's that's happening on there, we're having and it is day 24. We know some things are going to go down. And they're having the presentation, the big event. And this is where. Where says, I'm going to go out, I'm going to say this. He's talking to Psycho Pirate even, and then even talks to Penguin, who seems to be involved in the Griff then, like he knows too much about it. But he ends up where Ware says, you know, I'm going to do this, and then we're getting out of town. Okay, yeah. Just hold your control, Psycho Pirate. I don't know where we get the Scott guy, who Scott, I would assume know. Scott is part of Mayor Nakano's office, but we never had that set up. And he just comes in, just starts Scott. yelling and screaming at first. Before I saw Scott, I actually thought this was Nakano, and they messed up and didn't give him the eye patch. But he's there with these people. Again, no setup for this guy. He comes in. He's kind of the party planner guy. He's just going to get killed. There's no Jesus. reason to even so care about him. Ass. And doesn't it? He's just here as a mouthpiece to let us know that there are patient volunteers, which the thing is, you've already had a, a lot of problems with controlling the patients here. Using your grift kind of thing, but Dr. Ware is going to allow party planner Scott and the freaking city to have this big celebration slash fundraising event going on to raise awareness for the Gotham Tower. And what you're going to have is your, you know, quote unquote, cured patients handing out hors d'oeuvres. Mike, this is a bad idea. It's you a know real this shit is falling idea. down around you. You know that even the penguin calling you, Dr. Ware, you have an hour until you're fucking dead because you've got bills to pay, man. Like, and the party crashers, they're coming. They're coming for you as well. And the party crashers motivation finally is actually pretty good, accurate. Basically, everything that's happened, we're pissed at where we're going to go get him. All right, I, I can go with that. When he calls Penguin, Penguin's like, hey, your bills are door. Penguin calls him. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, of course, I know what's going on. And he says, yeah, less than an hour to go. We know that he's going to try to skedaddle after that. When he ends up calling Psycho Pirate, he's going to try to leave. But even the idea where Scott. I mean, he's worried about things that he says. Minimal press. You know, we don't want that. But where are, who's stopping? And everybody seems to be able to be walking in the front door where you also then in the lobby seem to have psychopaths that are controlled at this moment. But still, that's too much. I mean, we ended up having this whole roundabout deal with Batwoman trying to go undercover. We, We have to go undercover. We can't get in that tower. It seems like anybody could just walk in, even dressed up in power well, armor with guns drawn, right? You end up, well, well, I'm saying this is where a lot of things, but even with that, like, hey, Steph, you go. Steph, get in your sweatpants and t-shirt. You can get in there, no problem. But why is shit, where is somebody like, it says there's one blogger there for the, who's stopping anybody? Everybody's just walking in. And I really thought, because you end up having a guy from the Penguins crew, he's watching and he ends up, oh, party crashers are here. And then Penguin says, don't let them fudge this up. We only need this little bit of time left, and they'll screw it up as if Penguin knows exactly what's going on. What does that guy do? 
I mean, nobody does anything. If the party crashes, go and kill Ware, and they, you know, go ham on him, stuff like that. Penguin doesn't get the money that Ware owes him. Yeah, but he seemed to be very specific with the idea. Don't let them get in the way now. I need my money to get alive. It's like he knows that they have to go through this. He should just say, take them out now. It's just weird to let them go into the building. Penguin says, make sure they don't fudge it up. But they never do make sure they don't fudge it up as far as we can see. I don't know what this guy is doing because everything goes wrong. It's a weird thing, too, with the idea of the Penguin here because I have loved the art in this entire Tower series of Detective Comics since we've gotten into the whole thing. The one thing I am not a fan of, though, is for some reason, I don't know if it's just a new one this time, the way he looks, or if we've had a previously in the seven taken notice, yeah, but the Penguin... Still Max Rainer, it seems it's to be. It's a very Danny DeVito-esque one, where he has the, th- the three flipper fingers kind of thing. He's just chomping on a fish at his desk. It's very Tim Burton, Batman Returns Penguin. I'm like, I, I like my Penguin to look like a Penguin, just, you know, big nose, roly-poly, but more distinguished than having, you know, flipper fingers and eating freaking fish. Eating desk. fish there, I know. I mean, not even just, like, eating fish. Like, you know, some high-class, sophisticated guy eating freaking sushi. Or, you oh, know, yeah, no, this is like, just like a bass. chomping down on a whole fish. <laughs> it's like he just grabbed it out of It could be worse. Your could be gushing with blood. Penguin here. That is true. And so you you do still get, like, where, in my mind, still hasn't completely lost. Like, I thought that by now he really would have lost his mind. But one of the things, art-wise, that I will point out as well is when you do have Psycho Pirate controlling Nightwing. Right. And he's there and he's like, you're calm, you're calm. No, at no point does Nightwing appear to be calm or happy as he's saying it. He's like, you're calm. I'm calm. I'm calm. He looks like he's about to throw up there. And then when he says, I'm happy, I'm happy. He looks like he's scared and upset. Like it's not playing off very well art wise. It's just a side deal. But then you have Chase Meridian. who we, we haven't really gotten anything from her. Even she goes to talk to Nero. 19 hey what's up your name's nero you have some problems uh, his hold is breaking i'm like why at this point it his hold is breaking, breaking and there's now. too many people here well, they just this keep is the in. problem though and separating and spreading we had them all in one place before now, but it seems less people now because now at one point he was actually even controlling some doctors yeah. and some staff Nurses, he's yeah. not doing that now they are broken front and it even shows i think the play here is as they are saying I'm his getting hell is out breaking. Of here. Yeah, I'm getting. Well, I think he's not concentrating on them right now, and he's like, "I'm." He's this one lady, too damn much. Well, this one lady says, "I'm getting out of here. It's not worth it. We had some problems before. Yeah, I feel time. weird." Other two people are like, "I guess these two became fast friends or lovers on the job." Eric, and they're like, "We can get ourselves another job." So they're leaving. You could play this out, and I wish that it would have been one of those where Psycho Pirate actually said to where. Listen, I'm doing what you're saying, but this Nightwing, he's got a strong will, and I'm really having problems. I'm going to have to lessen some things or whatnot to show that he's on a breaking point because we've seen him control even more people before. We've seen him doing all this where his hold has been breaking. The idea that Nightwing, like, his hold is breaking. We keep hearing this. I don't think we need a whole subplot where he has to explain how he's doing it. A lot of times the hold is breaking, though, was when he ended up passing out. That's when they Mm -hmm. started saying that. That's when Cass wrote it down. And then after he got control again, they weren't saying that. You ended up having Cass and Nightwing finding the in her handwriting and blood there. I just needed a little more of because at the point when three people come in, three or four people of the party crashers, and he freaks out as if that's too many, I'm already seeing him doing less than he was before. And the party crashers are more the idea that he's, he's afraid of them. And that's what breaks his concentration. Well, there's and too many of them. He ends up, but it's just four more people. Like I said, I counted a couple nurses and doctors was three less. I mean, what is the tipping point where 
at one point he just said everybody go to sleep and he knocked out everybody in the entire tower i just felt that seeing these party crashes when he says no no i can't i can't and then nightwing starts grabbing him because now the complete control is done i thought that you needed a little more than just four extra people especially when you see some of these not really being controlled anymore well, just think of a guy who's a bodybuilder some kind of like guy who can lift heavy ass things like i'm trying to think of the word for it but i can't but somebody who power lifts and stuff like that like oh my god this guy can power lift like nothing but before you do this you got to go and lift for 24 days straight let's see if how well you do without any stop and lift what you say well, you I can know, beforehand again when he lost control at the it's one point he, ju- he just passed out but uh-huh. since then, he seems to be okay. Like, well, I, I need a little it. more. Well, I need a little more, though, of what his – because this psycho pirate isn't even like regular psych- – I don't know what his limits are or stuff. Like I said – Well, he's telling past. you right now. There's too many. Well, too many is – I said three more people, four more people when he's already seemingly not even controlling everybody that he was before. Like I said, the nurses and the doctors and things, he's not controlling them. He seems to be just controlling. And really, the patients that we have – we don't even know how many people are even in this. I mean, out of nowhere in this, you get Mr. Freeze, who just shows up that we thought was in there, but he, he oh, yeah, ends he up showing was. up. But with all of that going down, you know, I don't know. Also, we had one point he was also controlling Nakano, all that. He's not doing that anymore, it seems. So I don't know. It just felt like this was just a convenient way to say he lost control without much of a way to actually show that. I wish he might have passed out or something, or maybe Nightwing broke out, but then Nightwing starts, you know, roughing him up or whatnot and then everybody's lost control he doesn't get it back and everybody attacks here because they have this big speech anna goes in the meantime yeah, that's the you had- nightwing has a lot more on his hands now than taking out psycho pirate because even Doc- uh, psycho pirate tells him when he's losing control just put a oh man i'm so sorry because you know nightwing's just gonna have to let roger hayden down here because all of you know arkham tower is going crazy everybody like all your volunteer patients who are handing out hors d'oeuvres are now picking up knives and forks and scissors and stabbing whoever they can and siphon starts with poor old scott yeah and i'm back to the idea too it looks like there's nobody at the if you're if where is any sort of you know spot he would have had some people stopping other people from coming into the tower while this is going on even poor scott was like, okay, we only want one person from the press, but they don't have anybody even checking anything. They just walk in. They go in through the door, in they are, fully armed, armor. They go in, and yeah, there's trouble. And we saw that Nakano's wife had wanted to check in to here as and well. Did. And did, and she's there. So that sets up that personal deal where Anna just goes up to her and is like, hey, lady, I'm nice like hands. hands. I'm like, oh, my oh, no. God, she's going to take her hands. I just imagine, here's the power couple of the city of Gotham, one, one-eyed one Nakano and his wife hook hands. Uh, yeah, no hands, you know. So with this, you end up having where he starts doing his speech. Hey, everybody, this is it. We want a new Gotham. We want to have everything. He ends up seeing the... Party crashes, they are not, they're not subtle at all. I mean, they're there in their power. No, Let's with their he power. Like, like. Uh, uh, uh. And then you end up having, spoiler, Stephanie is there. Oh my God, we got problems here. I spot real party problems. crashers. They got guns. I mean, we got and some real is, crazy She's not stuff. even in her Batgirl costume at this point. She is in a t shirt and sweatpants, just being Stephanie Brown, trying to kick as much ass as she can to like contain the situation. Yeah. So all of this goes as Psycho Pirate is pleading with my like, I'm, oh God, sorry, I'm, so I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And Siphon just stabs so the Scott bad. guy. And I'm like, we hardly knew you, Scott. It seems Look weird to Siphon, though, because everybody here is pretty much, you know, a, a 
patient of Arkham Tower and stuff like that. And everybody has their kind of weird patient scrubs with his clothing to give him. But whenever we see Siphon, he always has a hoodie on. And it kind of looks like Gene. might not be, but it's always sunglasses and a hoodie like he's the goddamn Unabomber. Yeah, and like Crocs and stuff. Yeah, it was funny, too, as you had Scott and his crew come in and like, do you think these patients look a little sweaty? And I'm like, I don't know what you're really getting at, but there sweaty. you go. You stab Scott. He's is dead. That, is that what people say about me when they walk past? Like, does anybody they think that guy would. looks kind of sweaty? Mean, seriously, you sweat in <laughs> February right now. I'm sweating right now. It seemed like Mariko Tamaki had to make this Scott guy a kind of over-the-top guy. Kind of a little bit of, you know, a jerk is guy so that he could get killed. He just gets stabbed through. He is dead. All hell is breaking loose now. You have Siphon going, now I can, I can have some fun with this all hell breaking loose a bit even though it is ridiculous. And and so you end up where Stephanie's there. The party crashers, they're opening fire. You have Batwoman downtown with the condo gets the word is, oh, my God, the tower is being taken. Oh, my God, we're in trouble. Steph, again, we have these trash-talking lines in this, you know, in this week, especially in the books. Steph ends up kicking the crap out of these party crashers and goes, you idiots have the worst timing. Read the effing room. I'm like, they are reading the room. All hell is breaking loose. I, I don't get what you you're this. saying. Getting ready for this podcast is actually annoying to a bit because there's been a growing trend in DC Comics, especially this week, it seems like it's just a, the tipping point for me, at least, where the wingdings, every writer in every series anymore, especially the ones we're covering, constantly wants the characters of the curse, but because it's the main continuity book and a regular DC imprint, they have to have the wingdings. You can't actually curse. I am left always just saying fucking or bitch, and I just feel, I feel stupid. And it's funny because by the end of this week and the end of this podcast, there is, and I can't remember if it was Harley or something where there are those times with the wingdings that I can't figure it out. Don't Even the effing and things that it doesn't fit. And I'm it like, doesn't fit at all. Why do it? I mean, why just not say read the room, jerks? I mean, there's plenty of things, but they want to make this. And it is true. It's getting more and more and more. Even with, say, uh, Tom King at points in the black label. And yeah, then it's like, even having on, black label, it's still wingdings. I, I I actually and we end up cursing a bit on our Excellent. podcast, obviously. But, but you know and, what and I'm some saying. people and some people don't like that. But the idea I don't really need to have my characters and especially the heroes cursing it up. I mean, I like them to be a little better than me, Eric. But exactly. The read the F and Rome deal, I'm like, they are. I mean, I, I don't get it. So they're bad guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's weird. So everybody's running around, all hell is breaking loose. I do like you get almost that Bane esque in in the Arkham deal of taking over the tower, or taking over Arkham Asylum at that one point. We even had a bit of it in The Boy, the House of God. But it was last week, done wrong from how it actually happened. Yeah, well, it was. But I'm saying it's the same thing. But the the big thing of this is where... Well, that's weird because the idea is that you're, we're breaking all of Arkham out. We're creating chaos and panic. This one, pretty much all the inmates are like, we're going to be breaking in and keeping ourselves in. It's that it classic, like. you know, you're in a prison with I'm the me. captain now. Yeah, and... The big thing, though, that makes me, and the thing I brought it up for was, you get that Bane deal, like you said, it's a little off, but even, you know, originally or whatnot, it's big. Here, I'm like, oh, man, what's going on? Oh, it's Siphon again. <laughs> I'm like, it kind of lowers it. I'm like, all right, Siphon. Well, it's so but, funny, yeah. even if you go back to that, you know, the Nightfall Batman series when Bane showed up and broke Batman's back, because the whole idea where Bane wants to test Batman and run him down, the big linchpin in that story for everything that Bane was doing was just because... Batman was sick at that point in time. He didn't have time to rest Jim because Bane never gave him a chance to with all the shenanigans he was doing. He was just trying to get over a cold or flu. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> so really, that is point. Here we go here. 
where all this is happening, you end up siphoning, he's taken over, he's got some controls, whatnot, they actually are, you know, locked into the tower right that guy now. got up to doctor Ware's office so damn fast to override the computer and like he shut got everybody up there in fast and really figured some things out really quick you would think that maybe Ware helped them but even so i mean that would have been the perfect opportunity to have like a you know a keypad or something where you need his finger but you end up mr freeze just walks in he's like mr calm is what he is mr cool and he ends up picking I up like one of the party crashes gone. The thing is, this Mr. Freeze almost reminds me of a blood sport. That guy who sees the gold tooth on the ground. He freaking looks around to make sure that nobody sees what he's doing. And he comes and grabs it because there happens to be a gun in the floor. And Victor Freeze just kind of walks up, takes it. You mean like, blood sport the movie with John? Yeah, Club blood sport the movie. Just that's to let everybody yeah, know. Just, yeah, yeah. That guy, that well, like, guy's the worst when he because picks up just, that tooth. It's just Mr. Freeze. He kind of looks up, grabs, kind of looks around, and like it's just Mr. Freeze with a handgun. Now I'm like, you know, it's not too far off what you're doing. He usually has a freeze gun, but for some reason. Victor Freeze with just a regular handgun. It's kind of funny to me. Okay. This is the, the way that it gets a little wonky, I guess. It's the idea, okay, why does Siphon walk around in a hoodie? I mean, it's very odd. Then you have Mr. Freeze who just seems to be allowed to walk around in his car. I guess he needs to be contained or whatnot, but he yeah. ends up having that one cool little you know tank in the back. I'm like, oh, you look cool. He picks up the gun, and again, I took this as that. And it is kind of funny where all hell's breaking loose. He just walks up and sees it, and he might even be doing this Mainly for like, I need some protection. I mean, things are going bad, but we'll see how right. it develops. Now, at this point, you still have Nightwing with Psycho Pirate. And I'm wondering what is got like, there's Psycho Pirate. I know he's had some problems, but he's also knocked everybody out at one point. I don't know why Nightwing might say to him, listen, can you calm everybody down and let's sort this thing out? I mean, there is hell. Bra- it just as well, many people as you can. I mean, I'm saying just as many people, even if it is. Three people, ten, whatever it may be. Is there anything you can do? He doesn't say that. He's kind of like, oh, my God, what's happening? And you do end up seeing Nakano. He's losing his mind, as he does, downtown as everything is going and locked into the tower. And then at the end, you see Siphon with the gun, too wears head and the big you know, deal is it's a glorious new day for Arkham Tower, but your last one. Dr. Ware, which we know. One of the things that is funny is you see a progression of weird weather outside of the windows throughout this. At the beginning, it seems like okay, then it gets it, but it, it does actually progress in a way that I'm like, I can kind of make it work that there's the classic lightning storm in Gotham by the Weather end. Sucks but in Gotham. Yeah, it really does. And can we change do know real from the quick, first but... issue of Shadows of the Bat the Tower, though, that when we have this going on, when everything gets shut down at Arkham Tower, we do have Nightwing. And Steph trapped inside. We're going to know at some point Huntress is going to be on top of an elevator, like like inside the elevator shaft. And we also know that Cass and Batwoman are going to be on the outside trying to find, like make their way in. Yeah, they'll be trying to do that. Also, I think that if I remember right, you'll have a couple more people in that room in Dr. Ware's office. You end up having at least uh, Anna Vulsion, I think, was in there as well. If maybe, I can't remember the third well, one. She was walking down the hall away no, from them. because I then. think that when they ended up saying and kicking him out of there, they were all talking crap on him as he fell, if I remember. And they're going to have to do something like the the missing finger and whatnot will happen. So we'll have well, to see scissors. how that easy. goes. Yeah, and I said, I think that she ends up up there with them. And maybe Mr. Freeze. I can't remember, but I don't think it was Mr. Freeze. It wasn't that big. So we'll have to see how that goes but yeah you end it and it's just one of those things where i'm just it's kind of again it's meandering things are happening obviously it's going but we kind of know how this goes and i kind of want to get to that point to maybe get some new things or see how that happens we're even wondering yeah we are it's been you know a lot of issues though eight issues to have people read and we're getting there but at the end i want to see if even 
you know, Dr. Ware actually does die when they kick him out or what happens with that. I think he will, but we'll have to see. So I just kind of end up at this point. You're almost in the way of if you've liked it enough so far, you're still going to like it. It's doing the same kind of things. If you haven't, I'm not getting any sort of reason for me to actually enjoy it because of the convoluted setup to get to here. Uh, but the boy back up, I continue to like the boy who is trying to leave the boy Gotham, for me as we has said. lost all, like not all, but most of it's luster for what it's doing. I like going through the DC continuity, the, this kid coming of age throughout all these different, like, you know, phases of Batman from like Dick Grayson, Robin, Jason Todd, Robin, and now Tim Drake during the Nightfall storyline of Robin. I like how they're doing that. It just it feels off with the way the characters are, the way things are portrayed, and like, you know, this continues it for me. It's a yeah, the ambulance, Eric. He even says it at this point with the, you know, the bat, the, the robins and things like that when he says Tim Dragon, you hurt me. And he's like, no, no, that was another that one. Whatnot. Yeah. But you do end up having the boy desperately trying to get out of Gotham because Gotham is just not for him. And Elliot's decided that as well. Gotham has gone to hell. It really isn't our city anymore. Let's get out of there. But they are stopped. At the Batman's beginning. back has been broken. Bane has released all the Arkham inmates and stuff like that. So pretty much the city has gone crazy. And Jean-Paul Valley has stepped into the bat suit at this point in time and is trying to take control of the city once again. And while Jean-Paul Valley was a, a maniac as the Batman and how he figured things would be working, you know, going off what he was previously with Azrael. The way he reacts here, and even the weapons he used, because the thing is, I love the, the Jean-Paul Valley, you know, bass the Azrael Bassett, I think it's goofy. It's fucking 90s as the tits, though, and I loved it when I first saw it as a kid. It captivated my imagination, but he, those badass, you know, back gauntlets he had with the little, like, you know, the uh, the spike fingers. and the it's thing so he, 90s, like And the said, thing is, he had, like, cool. a grappling hook that would come out of it, and then he would also have these disc bat, like, you know, uh, batarangs. They weren't batarangs, but they were, like, you know, bat, bat symbol-shaped, you know, discs. That would fire out and just pepper people up like Bane. And in this one, for some reason, he just has a little crescent-shaped batarangs that he shoots with a crossbow. I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, why don't you just be, you know, Azrael Batman and just shoot these discs out? Because you were doing it all throughout Nightfall. Why not here? And it's weird. The the idea, like you said, there's wonkiness to the timeline. There, there is and there has been. And you go through and there's little changes. And I just... I wonder if this is one of those stories that we're going to have to wait till the end to see if there is that, you know, swerve, that this isn't what we're seeing or whatnot. It's not just the boys walking tour through the DCU and the continuity of the past. But at the here and now, I'm kind of with you. I still like it. And I think the art's really good. And I still kind of get a little... I don't know. I get jazzed a little. I'm like, oh, there's anarchy that we don't love, but just seeing well, that's them. The I, thing is, anarchy's dead now. It's fine. Yeah, look at him. He's there throwing Molotov cocktails and stuff. I'm like, oh, cool. But you end up where. It's fine for the era we're doing right now because that's where he would show up. And again, it's almost like this, like, almost like a really quick version of that that time deal. It's not going to all work out or whatnot, but still, you end up it where It feels so Elliot, crazy, though, because the boy is going to his friend Elliot, like, like, hey, is it time to get out of Gotham? And the idea, like, well, the Batman's dead. Well, if the Batman's dead, maybe I don't have to leave Gotham. No, it's like, no, we need to fucking leave Gotham because with the Batman dead, the cra- city is going crazy and people like us are not going to fare well here. So you and I, I didn't originally want to go. I'm going to go with you. We need to get the fuck out now. But Tim Drake has been tasked by Bruce Wayne. Now that Bruce has time being in a wheelchair and whatnot, to go through all the Arkham escapees and seize the boy. And he's like, look, Tim, I need you to go and do this on your own. Find this boy. And be you know good to him because it's somebody that I cared for years ago that I lost track of. Yeah, exactly. he said it was a mistake. Please Everything go and that's help happened. Him. This is like almost like his big mistake here, and he wants to make sure it's right. 
And especially with Azrael out there, he needs Tim to be kind to him. He's like, which oh, yeah, again, I'll, I'll I, I understand. And he's that, like, uh-huh. Jean Paul Valley's a little bit unstable, but Bruce still decided that he was the best person to replace him for some fucked up reason. Bruce should not think that Jean Paul is not capable of this. And even when Jean Paul shows up, the city is in chaos. Jean Paul does not care for Tim Drake Robin. Doesn't want to work with Tim Drake Robin. So the idea that Tim Drake is here trying to help the boy. Gain his confidence, and then Jean Paul Valley comes up all like crazy as shit, like you know he was during the ass bass suit. This is below his pay grade. He would not care about Tim Drake or and what the boy the fun, is doing. That's the weird thing. I think that mainly this is just the setup because the boy, obviously, even when Elliot said, "Listen, Batman's dead," they all think he's dead. The Bane killed him. All right, so I can stay. No, no, no. We got to get <laughs> crap has gone bad. We got to get out of here. And when when Jean Paul shows up, when Azrael shows up. The idea that the boy doesn't know that this isn't Batman. And in my fact, way, yeah. you have Tim Drake say, Batman, you know, get away. That was my no favorite Batman. part as a kid reading this. Because going into Nightfall is right before when I started reading it as a kid, right? And this whole this whole Nightfall thing captivated the shit out of me. But when you had the situation where it was the rematch, Batman versus Bane, but with Jean-Paul Valley in his new Batsuit kind of thing. And they went at this whole thing. And at the end of that, when you had those, like, the talons that he had on his gauntlet, his fingers. And he's about to go and kill Bane. And Jim Gordon and the rest of the GCPD are looking up. Like, don't do it. And then he just lets Bane drop and then goes away. And then, like, Jim Gordon says, oh, maybe it still is him. Like, that was a great moment for me as a kid reading that. But when you see this one, like, there's no fucking way anybody thinks this is Batman. I know. He's a goddamn I, I crazy mean, the person. idea, but again, you have that. I think that the whole setup here is, and I think that it continues being the idea that the boy is against Batman. It seems yeah. that Batman's against him. The idea of, wait a minute, you hurt me, Robin. No, no, no. That wasn't, that wasn't me. Right, no. And then you get this Asriel deal coming in. You kind of get that, you know, the same kind of play here, but the boy doesn't know, and he's going with that. You are a fugitive from Arkham Asylum, and I will bring you to... He's, he's essentially RoboCop coming in all crazy like with this whole thing, and this shooting batarangs that pierce his skin. I'm like, oh, he's a, he's a boy. And I think it's over the top because of what Matthew Rosenberg's trying to push, because it, it is sad, because Tim goes and says, listen, I'm not here to hurt you. I want to help you. Batman's with, and then all of a sudden, this crazy Robocop Batman comes in. It's so violent. It is over the top, but just God, to push in my costume. mind that idea that the boy now, and uh, this bit, he falls off of, you know, this bridge type deal down below and looks like he might be dead. As Azrael, even the worst thing, calls him best and shoots him in the back. Yeah. And yeah, that's bad. And he just, I just wanted to go. And he falls. Now you kind of get that idea. We have four more chapters with this of okay now i'm i'm interested now if this is just nero 19 then it, it really I just imagine out, though it this has is to be just somebody be this, really bad this is just going to be somebody who's going to be like like lost in the system i just imagine though because after this fall with that batarang in his back he falls up a bridge face down and like oh my god someone call 911 there's a boy here but i just imagine when we get back to us he's just going to be a really like He's going to be in a wheelchair. He's just going to be despondent to, like all the time. I'm like, he's just going to like work on his hate. I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. God, please, Bruce, get back in here. You know, work your, your way back to being Batman. Take out Jean-Paul and help this boy. I just, you have this middle section here and it ends here with that, you know, oh my God, it looks like he can get out. He'll, he'll be okay. Oh, the boy, we love the boy. And now it's Batman, Azrael Batman though, that is the worst thing that takes him down. I am interested just to see like, how this progresses and how we see of like who this is even have where he keeps probably gonna be nobody it. it probably isn't but i mean the idea of batman trying to help and really not being able to is is kind of interesting overall but All of a sudden, i, I the, hate the, final, the idea 
the final page is going to be like the secret origin of Jimmy Olsen that you never know. That's why he moved to Metropolis. It will be. Lex <laughs> will be walking by and somebody will go, oh, my God, there's the boy. And Lex will go, I have no idea who that is <laughs> with that whole play. But at the end, the idea where Bruce is like, bip, 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 I'm looking at it and there's one name that got. Come on, just say it. Tell us the name, you jerk. Everybody's the, the boy. The boy. Uh, but it is sad for Tim to try to help and kind of ends up getting him screwed because Asriel just won't listen. Asriel's way over the top in this. But I think that that is either that's a forced way to push the narrative or there's something else going on. I don't know. But we'll have to see. Because Asriel, yeah, he's over the top, like you said, but this but is the boy. Should be this is the a beginning boy. of his Batman yeah, career here, especially with everything here. that he needs to get done with Bane. Because I believe that Bane is still out there. He would have just like the way the story works, just completed his new suit fully, and he should be going after Bane and not worrying about the boy. Yeah, the boy. So we'll, or what we'll Tim have to Drake has to do because he doesn't give a shit about Tim Drake or what he does. Yeah. What would you give this overall? Man? Not a fan of the boy backup. This issue, I've been liking it, but like as we're getting more to the current era, it's kind of falling apart for me with the storyline. Even though I still think it's fun. The main story, though, I think the pacing has picked up to a breakneck speed where we are getting to an end that I do want to see. I think the art's great throughout, even though I don't like the flipper Danny DeVito penguin look, even though it's a little bit more sophisticated, it's still along those lines. But I like that main story more than I did last issue or probably even the issue before that. So I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I liked it less. I thought that the guy, Scott, comes in for no reason. We don't even don't know who he Scott. is. He gets it's stabbed. Fine. But that's a big part of it. It's not the really. The idea of somebody going down. He's just a guy who says, we need these balloons Again, so though, this be is red. where I okay, think Mariko, Mariko Tamaki has written a story where she can't kill anybody in her story or whatnot. You have to introduce some guy out of nowhere, not even set him up, just so he could be the guy who gets killed. Very odd. The idea of we already knew. I mean, there's nothing in here that surprised me at all. I could have probably guessed all of this from that first issue. So we're still at a point where I'm waiting for anything to get me excited about what this is or whatnot. So I, I like this way less than last issue. I still like the boy. I think maybe I like it a little more than you because maybe it's because I don't know that much. And this was like, especially this issue, more of your era of Batman and things like that. So Overall, I'm a 4 out of 10. I, I thought that the art by Max Rayner has been a lot better, even overall, as well. And I, it just is a story that I don't think that there was enough story for a weekly book. I think it's very weekly, as some have said. But, yeah, I get the idea that all these, up until eight issues, this could have been three. I, I just I don't see much story going. And with the lack of progression, I'm wondering why it's taking this long to just get the hell out of this and get moving on. I'm, I'm just not enjoying it. But. We'll go to the next issue, which I do enjoy, Eric. What is it? Action Comics number 1040, written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, with Martian Manhunter backup by Sean Aldridge, art by Ricardo Federici with Lee Lowridge and Dave Sharp, with backup art by Adriana Mello and Hi-Fi. And we continue our World War World saga with Superman. It's a weird situation. He is going to keep doing his gladiatorial stuff, but the thing that I like most more about this it's a funny situation. I like parts about this more than the previous issue, which I really like. But for some reason, I think the art this issue is a little bit down compared to what we had previously. Because even when Mongo comes in, because it seems like Mongo had taken a backseat. Like, okay, we got Superman. We got his authority. We're going to go back and do some Mongo shit. And we haven't really seen much of him, it feels like. But now he's taking a personal interest in Superman being the gladiator that he is. Because he is not fighting back. He is being this, a person who's trying to inspire hope. And he feels like... Well, I can't let this shit go on. I also can't kill him because I don't want him to be a martyr for the cause. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kill some children that he cares about or make them kill each other. I'm like, ooh, you dastardly fiends, you mongol. 
Yeah, and even when he's being told, listen, you should just kill Superman, he says, yeah, you can't make him a martyr. Plus, he has that other deal where he says, I have a plan with the United Planets. It doesn't work if I kill Superman. I got to do so. That's a cool little add. And that's the thing. thing that's that's one of those. Remember how we long. had that before with the um, – I can't even remember the race off the top of my head right now. But the idea of the Felosians and like, oh, we don't talk about those. Like what the hell is going on with that? I, we feel like we're so far removed from when the United Federation of Planets were involved initially. And I, I can't wait to get back to that, especially to find out how Mongol is involved with that. And and that's the problem is with the United Federation of Planets, one of the things and why it feels like we're so left behind, because it has been left behind. Even Bendis doesn't really talk. So with this and that being brought up again, but I'm like, okay, he has other plans and whatnot. And he is like, I'm playing 3D chess while you're playing checkers. And don't tell me what to do, chattel. I know what I'm doing. And I do like the setup because, again, here's the things that I think are missing in that detective from Mariko Tamaki, the idea of setting some things up. And you end up having Philip Kennedy Johnson even does it real quick in this issue where you do end up really going for these kids. Like these kids are it's a shame what they're made to do and whatnot. And you end up having Mongol. You know, he doesn't care about them, but that's going to be something where. Just he to, can use just them against Superman. This, though. These kids come up when Mongol comes out. They're all happy as hell to see their lord and savior, Mongol of War. It's like, oh man, Mongol, we just got ourselves some more chains. We're fighting like real war zones. They're like, you want to fight like real war zones, you little pieces of shit? You know what we would do? We would kill our brother. Why don't you go and kill your brother if you want to fight like real war zones? Like, uh, I don't want to. How about you, little boy? You go and kill your sister? I thought the little boy was going okay. to. So and I was I. like, oh no. And and even they were like, I think he's going to do it. Luckily, Superman jumps in and stuff because in my mind, he's probably going to have those both killed right away. But once Superman jumps in, the little subtle deal of that is, is Mongol, who is playing 3D chess, thinks, okay, he cares about this. Like, it, it isn't played out really with that because I even thought, why didn't he kill those kids? Like, this would, oh, okay. Once you get to it, he's, there's a little piece. And it's one of those things that plays in with the idea of, why would Superman have a secret identity? And why, you know, they would go after the people he loved. Well, here on War World, Mongol controls everything, and he's already seen that Superman cares for different things, and how he can get to him is to exploit that. Which Look I, at the weak little Kryptonian caring about children. Really, I <laughs> thought that they were going to kill each other, and I'm so like, I. oh my god, Mongol, you pe-. But it also makes you just hate Mongol, which you should. So I thought that that was really, really well played out. And the idea that Superman, who isn't as powered up, he does go and try to attack. And then I'm like, it's over. Mongol is now going to bash his head in. But he doesn't because then he explains the channel like this isn't the plan. Yeah. yeah. And he hears and they start cheering for, you know, the unblooded sword or whatever the word is that they're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Superman has himself a freaking slang name now, a street name. Yeah, there is. And I even like that, the idea of it being like. It was a diss, but he kind of he's wearing it with pride because he doesn't want to kill anybody. He doesn't. And now it's turn and it does end up. It's very much like motherfucker. Oh, yeah, I'm going to own that. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's what you do. That's you, Eric. But I'm trying to figure out how to say this. So unbale nagal, the unblooded sword. I don't know how we're going to say that. I wasn't even going to say it because I'm an idiot. But it it reminds me of, yeah, like a gladiator at one point. But even as simple as Arnold Schwarzenegger and Running Man, when they start betting on Arnold then, and it all switches. So I'm like, I got, I like it. I Even Rocky, as I said before, Rocky Four, But I like that Mongol hears this. He's confused, but he thinks he's got a plan here. You know, and we all know, the stupidest thing that he's going to do here is keep Superman alive. But he thinks that the way to play this is take a different way. way. 
And yeah, and I, I, I do like that. And then you end up having a little more with OMAC. And it, it is this issue is really the idea of, hey, you guys are being a little bit of a fly in the ointment here. We're going to be able to make some deals or we're going to threaten people that you love or we're going to bring, bring back people that you love because they even say to OMAC, listen, we know. And there's little hints about what this OMAC is and maybe a bit bigger than we knew or whatnot. Is it though? That's the thing is I'm so upset about the idea that we still don't know about OMAC because even the idea where you have uh, a Mongols lieutenants going on here talking about, look, we know you're kind of special OMAC, but we can't breach your systems. But we'll tell you this. Us and Big Baby over here, we have the power to Big bring back Light Ray. Really. You like Big, Big Baby. Can do it. The orphan <laughs> can do it, no problem. We just need you to open your systems up to us. And like it's going to be something new for War Worlds. And they're always looking to add on to their technologies and different things. So this is obviously a win-win for them. Like, oh, yeah, we'll bring back Light Ray. Who gives a shit? But you know what? Or they won't. Who gives a shit even with that? But like, just open up your systems. And this is all that OMAC cares about. So obviously, she's going to go with this, or they're going to go with it. But I'm just really afraid this is going to screw over Superman in the long run. And in the background of all of this, we haven't seen Manchester Black at all. I'm like, where is he at? And how bad is he going to screw over the rest of the Authority? Exactly. And and it's kind of a funny thing because you ended up having the Superman and the Authority book Grant Wilson. Uh, Grant Wilson. Uh, Grant Morrison wrote. Who's Grant Wilson? Oh, I know who Grant Wilson. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, really. What am I going? The idea where. He ended up writing that story way back. And and we actually thought at one point maybe that he had kind of tinkered with a little bit. And I read a thing from his Substack. No, that was pure out what he wrote before. They just threw it out there. He was confused why they did it. And I do think that this is the start of Philip Kenny Johnson starting to work it in a little more where you have this deal with, oh, we the systems. And you're like, okay, I want to see more of that. But when they end up saying we could bring back Light Ray, you always know, we you know, know that is better. Is. And Light Ray is, though, and that's the thing. Like you said, it's funny that you said, are they going to bring her back? Like, why? But the thing is, they might not really know or care about Light Ray. This is the way to get there. But Light Ray might be the way to save everything because Light Ray is and all that. So I'm I'm intrigued about the back and forth with that. Everything is coming to a head now with the Genesis stuff that we dealt with. Yeah, because it seems, that like seems to be the Light thing. Ray stuff. So like, I, like I don't. I don't fully understand that either. That and the OMAC stuff, I like it. I just don't fully understand it because even when we have the Genesis piece, the thing that apparently was, you know, the fuel source for the Ferosians, you know, escape pod when they left World World, what came to Earth, and that's how the story got all started. And then we had the Atlanteans versus the United uh, States for the who's going to control this piece of the source, this Genesis-like piece. It's such a weird thing because then that was a thing where the Genesis piece then took control of somebody's body, turned into a gigantic monster. Superman flew inside that monster. There was holographic writing on the wall. And then it started talking about how light ray is. And now we have on the walls these uh, veins of Genesis that were saw that we're talking about in the previous issue. How it was like, oh, man, these these priests, these blood priests, they keep talking about how these ancient writings on the wall. They're about something about Mongol. But I know they're not. If I could just figure out how to decipher this, I could have power over them. In this one, we now figure out that these writings are also like infused with the Genesis source, you know, magic powers. And now what Superman's touching, it looks like Superman is going to be able to be juiced up a little bit more than he previously was and be an actual Superman again without anybody realizing from, you know, the red sun radiation that's pulsing from the center of War World, keeping him powered down. And also all the V power stuff we had going into this book. But maybe we will get a proper Superman who will show Mongol a thing or two. I just don't know how all of that plays in. To where we started things off, the idea of the Genesis pieces of the source and this whole, like, why are you just using it as fuel for escape pods? And I don't understand why and making kaiju monsters with hologram projectors. I think some of that's wonky and some of the stuff isn't going to work out as well. But you end up where 
Yeah, he ends up, and some of the stuff is is pretty quick. Like some of the things where you get a progression of these kids who are against Superman. Oh, you're weak. We're for Mongol. Mongol does diss them, but then when he goes back into the cell, you do actually get the idea that they are being inspired a bit by Superman because of his actions. It's not just full out the deal, but I like when he says, listen, you're Philosians. You were scientists and explorers. You're not warriors. Come on, we've got to get back to the, the classics of it. But then as he talks to everybody else about things of what we have to do, when you end up having Natasha comes and says, I, we got a message from Midnighter. He's going to take down the Star Forges. He's there. The the you know attack is on. The revolution is on. We got to do this, and that's when that guy does take him down to the innards again, like the necropolis part of it. Yeah, says, the previous issue. Yeah, and here he says, and when they go down, he says, "You can't, you know, you can do other things, and we have a way to power up." And that's where Superman goes down there, and he ends up getting powered up for a second. You end up having the giant worms or the great worms. I think that's points. another bit. Again, I think that's more of a setup of what will come to be i think that he's setting up a lot of things as we go here but when superman does touch that writing and he does end up getting powered up by the genesis there he's able to hear trouble up above again and he, he says, hears oh guards my God. from mongol going into the cell and i don't even think they're guards i think they're actually more prisoners who just want better change by killing children but they're going to go and kill the children just to spite superman because that's what mongol wants yeah mongol wants that to get superman so upset. Get let's fast, bring everybody Jim. down let's take that if superman's going to inspire hope for everybody let's take his hope and goodness well, away that's how you do it and the mongol so way. he has to get back and it is that kind of weird deal where he has to leave this he's kind of powered up a bit there and here's it they have to go back because there's trouble it's funny yeah, i don't even think he knows that. he's powered up though because when he touched this it started giving off a little bit of energy he lifts above and the ground so again, i would think we, he is we see him float above the ground but i'm not sure if like you know he realizes that's what he's doing he does hear that there's something wrong with the kids but i don't know if like he's really thinking instinctually like oh my god i have my powers no, no, no. back i think more that than they he were. realized because he says the last time I touched this, you know, it kind of did get him more powerful as well. So I think he touches it and then, and it, you know, he's lifting up. There's a lot of lightning or whatever the, the stuff going on. I think that he must Mystical realize because all of a sudden he'd be able to hear everything and boom. And he's like, oh, my God, we got to go where maybe the best thing would have been if they weren't attacking the kids. He could have kind of checked this out, maybe done something. But he runs up to stop. These kids and you end up having the sister say, you're not going to hurt me or my brother. And I like that. And then when you have the guards come in and they're like, oh, look, the little chain here. I get the chain. And they're they're going on about it. I thought it was pretty cool. Look at I thought it was really good. And chains. Oh, I got dibs on them chains there. And I, I thought the cool thing was even when they go in and like, look at you, Notlings. Mongol doesn't care. There's so many Notlings. He doesn't care. But. You too, he cares about. So you should be honored as I kill you because he did take notice of you, but it's because of Superman. And I do like the, the speech even. Superman's talking. And I said about the Philosians, your ancestors left their home and set up across the galaxy in search of two things they prized above all else, truth and justice. And that's cool. And you end up seeing that these kids who just got dissed by Mongol realize maybe we are better than this. Maybe we don't want to be war zones. It's quick, though. <laughs> it's very quick. And that's the thing. A lot of these things, including going down, touching Genesis, floating, hearing, things progress a little too quickly. But I don't mind that overall because it is a pretty cool thing. And you realize once those kids, when those guards or whatever go in, you realize that you did have a connection to them, maybe just because they're spunky and these kids – that you're like, oh, my God, like, yeah, hurry up, Superman. So I thought that that was really well played out. And the art, I think the art might not Don't be as good as me. last issue, but I think it's because 
we actually have a not static last issue was a lot of narration it was just and then we went down here and then we went down there where you can really paint just paintings and not have a progression to progression art of what's going on here this has a lot more motion and a lot more of a classic you know word bubble deal of that and i think that that's probably why well, the there's a lot is, of littler panels it's a, little a lot of things for me going in my mind but it's not overall like i like a lot but for some reason every time superman is on here i don't like his face really i like i don't his like the way face. he looks everybody else i think looks great i think a lot of the stuff looks great but for some reason i don't like the way superman looks yeah, here i i actually like the art better of this issue because of that you know, it feels like it's, you know, going on and things. It's not just like I have a storybook with just pictures in it. And I like the emotions of all the characters that he ends up being able to tell, which I thought was really good. But then we go to your Martian Manhunter deal. And you you love my it. Martian Manhunter deal. Martian I, I really deal? like it, too. I'm, I'm Again, this is going to be really a cool backup for people who are more in the know of a Martian Manhunter history and the things that go mind. because... I don't know. I see a lot of people I'm reading and and a lot of the reviewers and a lot of people, they're enjoying it, but they don't realize how much this is tying in to the past of March. And it's doing it a lot. Each each issue, each backup is more and more like, holy crap, you're really tying some things well, in. In the previous issue, we did see that the criminal cartel known as Vulture from Martian Manor's past is back and they're trying to bring the Martian Manor down and make him feel the pain that they've been wanting to make him feel for a long time ever since they were brought down and had to come back in a big way. So we're having a lot of Martian Manhunter villains from the past, you know, making resurface here. And for this issue, we see Dr. Trap, who is a villain of the team, the Justice Experience that Martian Manhunter was a part of. But during that, he was called the Bronze Wraith. Now, all of his teammates were killed throughout there by Dr. Trap. And now Dr. Trap is here working for the uh, cartel vulture to kill John Johns. And he wants to do it for free. The thing is, he wants to kill them. They kind of still want him alive, just in pain and stuff like that. But... Dr. Trap wants to finish what he started with the Justice Experience. It's the only problem is, Martian Manhunter is a little hard to kill, and he has an amazing, chunky kitty named Double Stuff, who is the thing that saves the day here. Yeah, and so with all this, this does play off a lot of the Justice Experience. He even mentions the idea, you killed my wife, and he's like, eh, that oh, was, yeah. you know, we Getting didn't Dr. mean Trap's to. Dr. Origins in there. And it was that deal where the Justice Experience went against House of Pain, you know, the rap group, I'm assuming. Obviously, but- the rap group. You know, from the late 60s, early 70s. Here's the big thing. Again, I didn't read, and and you even have, like, that story involved, like, Cameron Chase, a lot of crazy things going on. And he was called the Bronze Wraith, all that. Well, you you had Cameron Chase's father was on the team as Acrobat. Yeah, and she ended up, Cameron Chase ended up being powered up during that. There was a lot of things. I was reading a bunch of things from, from the deal. And so that's why I like it, where I wasn't aware of the Justice experience or whatever. But when I went back and looked and read some things, I'm like, Boy, he's getting this right on. I mean, he is not missing a beat here in this stuff, especially with, hey, Bronze Wraith. And this is, you know, Dr. Trap really angry at him for that era. And it's like, I'm not talking, I'm not that anymore. And the many, I like the that. many lives of John Jones over the, or John Jones over the years where like he was, you know, Detective John Jones and he was the Bronze Wraith and the whole thing where your past is going to come back to haunt you just like he is right now because he's moved on past all of these things and left all of this to like, you know, Terrible is to a degree in his wake, but now it's all coming home to roost. And I like this aspect a lot. And it doesn't hurt that the art is amazing. There's a single page of this where it's just, you know, uh, Martian Manhunter over top of freaking, you know, uh, Dr. Trapp is saying, I'm John Johns, yeah, the Martian awesome. Manhunter, because he's declaring who he is now and who he shall always be. And it looks so cool. I want this to be a poster on my wall. For yeah, it's really cool. Looks. And what I like about this is, is you're playing with the character Martian Manhunter, not 
actually, in my mind, elevating him in a way, but more of the idea that, yeah, there's some bad things that he ended up doing. And even things that he was a hero, but he ended up accidentally doing and things like that. And they're all coming back at him where he wants to just kind of leave that go. And, hey, look at me. I'm John Johns, Martian Manhunter, as he says this. And he keeps saying, I don't go by the branch. I'm not that anymore. I don't go by that name. But unfortunately, those things happen. And the Dr. Trap, he's pissed. He's mad. His wife got killed. He's like a jaw slash trap jaw from He-Man. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because when you get that little deal where he's like, listen, they ended up, Vulture had some guy and he fiddled with my skull and he ended up making it so that you can't mind whammy, man. I like when Planet Martian Manhunter goes like, where was that again? Your jaw, ba-boom. Smashes that metal jaw off. And so with all of this, it's so well played out. Like, there's nothing in this that I'm sitting there thinking like, oh, what's going on there? And that's why I think some people who aren't aware of how big and how cool this is of tying into the Pascal, they are still enjoying it. I just think that some people don't realize that Sean Aldridge is doing something here that we complain about a lot of the writers not doing. And boy, he is going back and bringing some things in in a smart, crazy way. And I think that he should be on another book, even if it wasn't a Martian Manhunter, because of the care that he's taking with this. And even by the end, when you end up having him, you know, like you said, declare that I'm now John Johns, the Martian Manhunter. But the big play is, you know, what's up with this new vulture and what's going on? Yeah, Dr. Trepp, he ends up spilling the beans a lot here, like of what happened. Well, he don't give a crap. He no, wants he to doesn't. murder Johnny. He even, even says, he's like, they don't want me to, but, and he'll get paid more if he just doesn't. But he's like, it's too good right now. I'm going to kill you. I wanted to kill you all this time. Killed the rest of the team. We're going to finish restarted. So then we go back then after he spelled out, you know, I'm not this, I'm not that. And then you go back where they ended up tracking down a house. And these are the FBI agents yeah. that are on the case. And they mention Ostrander from before. He's in the, I like that he's in concussion protocols yeah. going on because he, he had some problems, but they ended up everything leading to this house that ends up that oh, it was Marco Xavier. Marco Xavier. And this is something that's a weird deal. And what would that mean or whatnot? But they're there. Looks like a setup too, where you end up having the vulture come and, you know, these two guys from it with their very much looking like the owl the mask. Vulture but it's the mask, vulture yeah. mask. It's so it's so similar, but they end up tranking them. I just imagine these guys were here because of the South Bought by Marco Xavier would be a lead for Jean to go and check out since he was Marco Xavier to infiltrate and that's that the whole thing. thing he previously. infiltrated Vulture as that. So, but they said it was just bought by him. And the weird thing is, oh, it turns out, you know, it was bought eight months ago or whatnot. But that's weird because Marco Xavier should be dead. What's going on? So that is a cool thing for Martian Manhunter to go check out. But obviously Vulture's here and they take down these two guys and. By the end of it, I'm like, holy crap. I mean, it's not even that. You want more pages in, sure in this because it is just a backup, but it even feels like it's shorter because you just fly through it. But and it's it so well important done. important for the history of Martian Manhunter, not only for where he's been, but where he might be going. And this is the idea, and this is what, and I keep saying it for this especially, but the idea of these backups, whatever backup you're on, you would hope that somebody would take the care and and treat it as important, treat it as something. And you can tell that Sean Aldridge is doing that where others seem like it's like, eh, paycheck, I'll get in and out of here. We'll just fuddle with this and whatever. This feels like it is important, even if in the you know overall scope of things, it's not as important. It makes itself feel that way. I think it's great. I, I love 
this back up and i really really like the action comics more and more and i'll have to say that it would have to be on my list now i'm gonna have to finagle some things but I really like this. It's issue so funny a lot too overall. because we are talking to somebody who's talking about Sean Aldrich should do a Martian Manhunter ongoing. You're talking about the idea like, well, he doesn't have to just be side, you know, like uh, tackled with the Martian Manhunter forever. He could do other stuff, but maybe he does care about. It. I actually retweeted a thing he put on Twitter today talking about DC. DC should do a book called The Many Lives of Martian Manhunter, and it goes on. He's like, not really set in the present, but bounces around the various identities that Jean has worn. I mean, he could. I mean, you could have a three issue arc. From the time he lived as a cat in France. Yeah. He seems to really care about the character. I want to show the many lives of Martian Manor. Because the thing is, he's like, DC should do this. I'm like, aren't you already kind of doing this? Because I already dig it. And so with that, I mean, this is a cred, but you might need something. If, if you really wanted to get this character, you really could end up doing something quite like the Venditti Hawkman thing. Because there are so many crazy things that went on with Martian Manor. But, you know actually go get a definitive deal and and have a guy like sean aldridge uh, introduced because a lot of people would not know what that even means but yet it's such a cool character and he's doing such a good job of it in this backup that yeah i wouldn't be shocked that eventually maybe we'll get something with him because I i'm think just that, worried though that a martian man or a comic like usual would not sell now here's the deal that doesn't sell there's i i get to the point where they have all these others that don't sell screw it that's why i like having it here as an action i mean Hawkman didn't sell either it, it sold like crap so it, it's great as a backup i just always want more and i agree this as opposed to like a jld backup that everybody loved the ram v jld backup where at the end of it I was never, like, satisfied with each individual chapter. Yeah, it might read well overall, but each time I didn't feel like we're... This is, like, each time I read it, every time it feels like, yeah, it's not a complete story because it is a, you know, a serial thing. But by the end, I'm like, holy shit, that was good. Like, I really enjoyed each time. So if you're not reading, you know, Action Comics... Where else are you going to get Dr. Trap? You want to get, yeah, Dr. Trap. I mean, seriously. And Action Comics as well. If you were reading before and didn't like it, or whatnot, it, it go and grab it. Since this all the characters stuff, that we've done really so good. far for the villains of John John's there, but it's the idea like we had the criminal cartel vulture, we have the human flame, we have the getaway king, we have Doctor Trap. Like these are not characters that you're normally getting. No, and that's why it serves well as a backup too. You know what I mean? Like you're there. Oh, let's have some fun and go with it. And maybe that idea that it's in the back of action where people are going to be buying Superman and action comics, it gives you a little leadway to have a little fun with it and go because maybe that wouldn't do great as a standalone, like you said, miniseries or whatnot, no. but it's, it's working out well here. And I hope that it just continues. I mean, there is a set amount of story in this one. Keep going. Just have, let them do another arc and let them keep going with it. It'd be great. But. What did you give this overall? I love the art and the Martian Manhunter backup, and I love the story of the whole thing. I love the Action Comics main plot. I think the art's a little bit down from what it was previously in that, but overall, I am loving both the Action Comics and the Martian Manhunter backup, and I look forward to seeing them each and every month. I give this an 8.5 out of 10. Yep, I'm going to go 9.3. I almost give it a 9.5, but I'm going to go 9.3 right now, but I, I really think it's good, and I really... Had a good time reading oh, another, it. The, the, another reason that my score is a little bit lower than it was in the previous issue as well is, is the concept of OMAC and the Genesis stuff that we're reiterating here. But I don't have a conclusive idea of what that is or how it works. It's kind of like saying this is like we're bringing something back that was never fully understood to me, but not doing enough with it here. I know. I, I think that it's just set up that you're going to need a way to get Superman to get powered up and, and whatnot. It's just not going to be because he does spell out Mar uh, Midnighter. He's going to blow up. 
you know, the forges. Oh, the revolution but he does that, Thousands yeah. and thousands of people are going to die. Stop him. And Superman, again, he's that guy. It's not the, you know, a thousand people can die to save 10 million. He's a guy who wants to save them all, just like his son. So uh, he has to get things going. And I, I am interested to see what Omac does. The idea if Omac does end up, okay, I'm with you. Or if Omac's like, I Where's don't Manchester know if I Black? trust this. We have to find that out. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he's dead, but we'll see. Well, that's we'll the thing see is, I go. feel like, did I miss something in that big free-for-all when they got there? Is he, is he dead? He might be. I don't know. Nobody's mentioning him, though. So we'll have to see. But, yeah, I really, really thought that this was a good issue. But yeah. right now we're going to go off now to a little bit of news, and then me and Eric will be back with more books. The woo news. news. And here is some news for everyone and some things that are going on that have people pretty pumped up for what's coming up from DC Comics, which I always enjoy seeing. And the first bit is something that most people, I haven't heard anybody say anything bad about this new creative team for Batman starting in July. And it is Chip Zdarsky as well as Jorge Jimenez. And that is pretty much a dream team for a lot of people. And I do want to point out there was a lot of people for years now that were really scared of Bendis taking over Batman. It looks like we weathered that storm and it probably will not happen. So a little bit of a whew, thank goodness. But here it is. Chip Zdarsky's taking over as writer of Batman with July's 125 and will be joined by Jorge Jimenez on art. Batman 125 will be an oversized issue that starts a six issue story titled Failsafe. With a mysterious villain, Sadarsky promises a darker version of Gotham and Batman and mentioned that the Crate Crusader would be facing his own doomsday-like character that seems to be this failsafe. He says, when DC approached me to write Batman, I immediately thought about things that could really challenge the character mentally, physically, and in terms of his relationship, Sadarsky explains. Failsafe is his doomsday. When I started mapping out the story, I got really excited about where it could take the title and even goes on to say that he has big plans for things that will filter out, maybe even tie into the other Bat family things. So if you are aware of Chip Zdarsky, even from, say, the Urban Legends Red Hood story, or right now even he's doing the Batman the Night story, kind of redoing or reinventing the training that bruce went into go to be batman i think that people would be excited but if you have read and if you haven't if you're not a marvel person and this is something where i get to talk a little bit more about it because eric's not here to yell at me but if you haven't read his and i mean chip sadarsky's daredevil it's so good and i think that even if you aren't that big on you know marvel comics or whatnot i think you could really have a good time reading that and it kind of goes with that cool little deal where say a frank miller wrote both daredevil and batman so here we go with chip sadarsky and i will point out too when he ends up having that quote a lot of times chip sadarsky tends to get a little jokey and tries to make fun and stuff like this i think that this is his dream job he has if you follow him on twitter he has been constantly begging dc yes in a jokey way there but He has kind of been begging to write Batman, and he finally gets to do it. And I think that this is something that he's really, really going to hunker down. It's not going to be jokey stuff like that. It's going to be a really, really good run. I hope that it's even just as good as his Daredevil run, because then he really sets himself up for being like a great with doing both Daredevil, Batman, all these things, and also did like Last Ride and things like that. 
but he is a great writer. I, he's one of my favorite, if not my favorite writers right now. So I'm really, really pumped about this and can't wait to see what goes on when he jumps on the book. And I think that one of the other things that people haven't really thought of as well is Joshua Williamson getting off the book, I think is more in line with him than having more time to do the Dark Crisis stuff as well. So I think it'll work out all around. I can't wait. The next deal is something, and eh, we'll see. DC Comics goes mecca in June. Give me everything. Oh my God, Gilbert. I don't know about this. Uh, And it is kind of a Marvel type of thing that we ended up having the Avengers tech on deal that I hated. And I'm hoping this is better. DC Comics announced a new Elseworlds six issue miniseries, DC Mech, that will be written by Kenny Porter with art by Balamar Rivas. While it all sounds and looks a bit like Marvel's recent Avengers Tech On miniseries, which I used to call, you know, Tech On Avengers Tech On Tech On. It's a Jim Zub nonsense. I don't like Jim Zub at all. Porter said his inspiration is more classic. So he has a classic inspiration. This is what it is. It's not a shock. I've been a fan of the Mobile Suit Gundam franchise since middle school, Porter says. And I wanted to create a world where a Valdemara that completely restructured the world around augmented pilots instead of superheroes. All right. I mean, pretty much it's the superheroes in Mecha, Mecha stuff going on, all that. It could be cool. This is one of those things like a Jurassic League and things like that. Yeah, the idea and the concept might sound silly, but we might have some fun with it. And really something with a mecca dc it's supposed to be fun and i think that it will be something that maybe some people get into and may even have that opportunity for some people to jump into some dc comics that normally wouldn't i don't know how well that plays out of i read dc mech now i'm gonna go off and read action comics i don't know but it is something that could be fun and hopefully it is we're gonna move on to a next deal which is another book that ended up being they they are announcing a lot of things that are coming up here and you end up we just got the may solicits so they're already starting to give you little hints of stuff coming in june july whatnot but that's cool it's getting people fired up and i think that dc needs to do more of this because of the idea that some people have kind of you know their interest has been waning it's always nice to get excited for something down the line and when you do get something say about chip Zdarsky. Or you're a Chip Zdarsky fan, you're not reading a lot of DC stuff, but it's announced, hey, he's going to be on Batman. That might make people starting, oh, well, maybe I should pay attention to Batman now, or maybe I should read some other things. Oh, my God, Chip Zdarsky has these other books. I'm going to look into it. I I like that. The next one is Flash and Aquaman team up this June. Writers Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing and artists Vasco Georgiev and Rain Barreto are bringing fans a three-issue miniseries called Aquaman and the Flash Void Song. Here is the official description of what Flash and Aquaman will be facing. This seems a little bit odd, this whole deal. It is seemingly an Elseworlds-type prestige format, black label sort of thing. So we'll see how it goes down. But here is the description. They descend suddenly from the stars. Oh, do they? In monumental ships like floating cathedrals. They are touched by a dark and terrible force from beyond our reality. Silent, but for the one note, they admit that freezes all motion. Their mission to drain the Earth of its kinetic energy and leave it a lifeless husk. They never expected anyone could escape their song, but the Flash was in the speed force when they struck. That always will do it. And Aquaman was in the deepest ravine far below the ocean's floor. I guess that one note 
can't go there. These heroes have little in common. They rarely even fought side by side without their fellow Justice League members. Now they must find a way to work together against impossible odds to save the world and the people they love. And at least there's no Freaky Friday switcheroo that Eric even mentions the idea that you do have this team up. It feels a little bit like the deep target book that I really think is garbage. But this could be okay. The funny thing about it is I I really would hope that they'd play up the joke of like a one note thing of almost being like even one note characters and stuff. But I don't think they will. And I like Colin Kelly and Jackson Lansing. The problem is some of the recent stuff like the Kang stuff at Marvel recently. It really got a little too, I don't know, too narration heavy, too a bit pretentious at points and didn't really work out for me. Though some people like that, but I hope that this is something where you can continue to get more of Aquaman stuff in the Flash. You end up having these two characters maybe because of movies coming out and stuff like that. But this is just a little bit of a side story that people can get into. Aquaman and the Flash Void Song number one. It's 56 pages and goes on sale. June 21st, but that's cool, right? I mean, hey, I'm in. Human Target going on a five-month hiatus, and me and Eric don't talk about Human Target on the podcast, but we actually do talk about it to ourselves after the podcast, after recording, and we are caught up on it. Me and him are both reading it, and the problem, though, is is that every time it comes out, it seems to be a week where we have a ton of other books. And it, when we, if, if and when we jump back in, well, now we're going to have this hiatus, but if and when we do, we kind of want it to have enough time so we can kind of recap a little bit of the stuff before, but it might end up taking a little longer than a normal review. So to throw it in the, a week that we say have 12 books, it, it never seems to work out yet. But eventually, I think that we will talk about it in some capacity, but it's going to go on a five-month hiatus. Issue six of Tom King's and Tom Smallwood's Human Target comes out on March 22nd. But fans will have to wait five months for issue number seven to hit the shelves. DC announces the series will take a five-month break and resume publication on September 20th with the Human Target Book 7. And that is a, a crazy deal. I mean, a crazy thing to shut down a book for five months. And some people have said, well, maybe somebody's sick. Maybe Tom Smallwood's behind. And even going in the fact that with the JLI and some of the things, maybe some of the book ends up taking place in Russia, and you don't really want to have that with what's going on. I don't know. I haven't heard any sort of official reason or whatnot, but for some reason, five-month hiatus. If it's going to go on a hiatus, why not have it during you know a break between issue six, that first half, and then you start the second half in September? But it's a shame for people reading it. And for fans of that series, which I do actually enjoy it more than most of the Tom King stuff I have read. So I'll have to wait along with his many fans for book seven. But that's it for the news. Quick news here. I hope everybody continues to enjoy having the news on this here podcast. But I'm going to go back with Eric and we have a couple more books to talk about. This section, I believe, is Robin and Catwoman. So here we go. He got his first real comic Got it at a five and nine Read it till his fingers bland Been reading comics most of his life Him and some guys from school They had a book and they tried real hard Jake quit and Apples got married Young as was never gonna get far 
Yes, Eric, you can compliment me on that one as well. As no, we continue on. Oh, man. Oh, that stinks. Uh, but we're here for well, two has more great continuity. books. Oh, my goodness. You, you don't like that continuity. You always tell me that. I think it's spot on in my mind, in my crazy uh, sort of head canon here. But we have two books, two Fat Family books uh, kind of here to go into the second section. Eric, what are we going to start with? Robin, number 11, written by Joshua Williamson with art by Gleb Melnikoff, Luis Guerrero, and Troy Pateri. And we continue our Lazarus Island. Thankfully, the tournament is over and we start to get into the Shadow War. Yeah, and it's going to be setting up a bunch of things. And you end up having full out Lazarus resin mention all these things with a really cool cliffhanger by the end. I really do like this issue. And I like it. Mainly because we've been saying, oh, it'd be cool if Damien went off and did the Teen Titans deal with, you know, Flatline or whatever. I'm like, no, no, he's just going to do it right here. And he has his team. And I like this idea where he does finally, it's like a progression from Joshua Williamson in that way that he doesn't say, come on, teammates, or you do this. He still is a bit bossy, but he considers them friends. And this actually... Makes Talia kind of even, you know, well, that's stutter, the thing step about back. this thing because the main plot of this thing, like, I like where we're going into the Shadow War and what we're dealing with, especially with the friends of Damian Wayne. But the idea that we spend this issue after everything, like, okay, Mother's Soul and her mind games and her tournament over, what do we do now that Rachel Ghoul and Talia Ghoul are here and we have to stop all of this nonsense and shut down the League of uh, Lazarus for once and for all? Oh no, the League of Shadows leader, Master Dusk, has fled. Now we just have to go and chase that guy at Corto Maltese, and that is the main plot, the main drive of this. And I'm like, I don't care for the main plot of the story, but everything with the character moments and the friendship that Damian Wayne has. Even when you start out where Rachel wants to murder his mother for all the things that she's done over the centuries, he finally wants to put an end, and Damian steps in the way. No more killing. I'm like, good for you, Damian. And that You're is that's so like big. such a crazy Damian and a growing and a way. If you wanted to have him back in the Bat books and things like that with Batman and Robin, he has grown up. And I think that the problem I'm going to have if he goes back to just being Robin with Batman, that's great. But I think he's kind of grown up a little more than that. And he really, I love this team. I mean, this team is great here. Now you have Ravager Ravager and Respawn. Flatline and Respawn. Oh, yeah. yeah, And that's uh, the whole thing. Even setting up for what we saw in the Deathstroke Ink book, where Ravager and Respawn do go off to go do their own thing because there's a big revelation about who Respawn is. But sadly, we don't know what that is here. The most we get in this issue is Respawn takes off his mask and he has that Wilson white hair like Rose and uh, and, uh, Slade have. But beyond that, I'm like, Okay, it's a family situation, but what does it mean? Is it a young, you know, Slade Wilson clone? What is it? I don't know. Is it another brother that we never knew about? I have no idea, but I want to know. Yeah, and I, I want it to be Grant kind of come back or whatever somehow the deal. It just that's doesn't seem why like I Grant mentioned because Grant of the earlier. Hair. Yeah, I'm saying like the idea that's weird, though, too, is where he says I've been alone all my life and things. So we have to find out. And we've had a lot of cloning things going on and whatnot. But by the deal of this. I don't mind because we are getting more connections. When you have this Lazarus resin, it's kind of coming from there. They want to shut this down. This does lead to the end. Like I said, a great cliffhanger where Damien's like, and by the way, I got something to do with this Lazarus. I'm like, oh, my goodness, because there's Alfred's grave. So that's cool. And I don't mind. I don't mind the idea of, you know, you need to find a way that 
how are we going to get this little kind of team together right real quick to go off and do something and have something for them to do in here and to go after Master Dust is okay for me for them to go off to Corto Maltese. Like so we that you up see. a lot of cool stuff in the side of the story. Like, like I said, the main plot is going to Corto Maltese and going after Master, Master Dust, which is pretty much one and done kind of, okay, we did what we set out to do. But the stuff in the background where Talia is still on Lazarus Island and all the people who didn't win the tournament, like, you know, like uh, Black Swan, freaking Double XL, maybe Double XL, but like, you know, Lady Vic and uh, Ravager and stuff like that, which appears to be a new Ravager, but we don't have details on that. But the whole idea is that is like, look, join my League of Shadows and I'll let you live. So it's like, okay, you got a whole bunch of new recruits here or they're going to die or fight back. I don't know. I like all that. But like you said, Talia's like, we have a Lazarus problem. People are trying to steal our legacy. What is our family's like our like our family thing here? And she gives Damien a little bit of it and the idea that he goes off by the end for an amazing cliffhanger. I have something I gotta do. We just you know, zoom off to the grave of Alfred Pennyworth. I'm like, holy shit. Please don't let sometimes dead is better. I know. Well, when you have this idea of things kind of we said some books are connected more than others and whatnot. Where you end up having this resin, it makes it connect, and the idea that Damien's going back, you can only go with that idea if you have enough of the Lazarus resin. They just come, and they're living, and they're fine again. That whole deal set up with Task Force Z, even. So I wonder how it's going to play that way. Uh, but I love the stuff going off and having Damien say, you know, these are my friends. It's not a team. He's even not yet. Talia says friends. Yeah, friends. And she even, like, throws it back at him later. You and your friends but it really feels like they are friends now even when you get damien has to kiss he ends up with flatline and i we've been wanting to see that and the idea where she says there's a lot of character work especially with damien even with that you know just saying friends and then when they go off he's not just like you're gonna do this you're gonna do that he still is in charge like he always is but it feels like that softer damien and then when you have flatline say what's this with this manga crap that you have well what's this obsession with and he says i just found that but it's something of mine something that doesn't belong to anybody else and i'll tell you this is the deal eric it almost brought a tear to my eye because whether or not you know that it's me and black pink nobody wants to do that nobody's involved but i still love it myself and it is that kind of thing when we get done doing the comics and i'm in the slack talking comics whatever that is like my own thing that I go off. Nobody wants to hear about it. I try no. to push it. Nobody wants to. But it is that thing for just me. My family hates it. <laughs> I told you. I miss when your thing was Led Zeppelin. Yeah, really. Well, we went or the Doors or something. Yeah. We went or the Beatles, which and none, nobody here wants to hear that or you either. But we went to the buffet last night. I mentioned this on the Thank God It's Friday. I had too many, too many steaks, Eric. I really did. <laughs> too many steaks, yeah. But on the way home. They ended up saying, like, what are you going to listen to or whatnot? Because we're going to do our own things they put in their earphones. I'm like, screw it. I'm listening to my Black Pink. And Rafe actually said to me, I thought that that was just you joking around. But I see you really like it. Because while I don't speak Korean, I'm still trying to sing along. I make up my own deal. And he actually, it came to him finally of, like, you actually do like it. It's not just you trying to annoy us. I said, I love it. I love it. But it is my thing. And it really is. I like that Damien does have, he needs that because everything that he has in his life is based on his parents, is based on his upbringing. He doesn't have that thing. Even being a Robin is his own thing. 
I thought that was great. And it was great. And it's a small little thing. It's inconsequential, but it works so well. Even to get to the idea where Flatline's like, my name is Nika. And they yeah. have the kiss because if that would take out Master Dusk really easily, where you have a great thing where it's just Connor Hawk and Damien go and you like have the final blow together because they are like the two best there are, but this is like the friendship kind of thing going on where they both hit him at the same time for that final blow. Where we go back to Lazarus Island and because everything is said and done and like, you know, it's party time for everybody after the tournament. We saved the day. We saved the world. We're done here. And we're going to have a party. And when you have Flatline and Damien have that really nice moment and they kiss, when Rachel Ghoul is sitting next to Tally in the distance, <laughs> it's, it's just, great. just like his father. And I'm telling you, it, it comes <laughs> off as a bit too cartoony at points, it. but that is one of the best moments. I, I mean, I have, and I'm a, me and you are both huge Damien fans. We'll say, you know, we're tough guys, right? When yeah, we maybe. read and found out that Damien, we're not, but yeah. we get emotional, but uh-huh. the idea when Damien died, both of us cried. We ended up now, there's an aside deal that's funny because you have a friend named Damien and you told Jess, I'm so sad Damien out of died. Nowhere. And she thought it was your friend. No, not only that. She, is, she picked me up after work <laughs> and I've been thinking about it all day, talking to you after the deal was released that Damien had died. Because you, you and I were at work talking about when Damien was revealed that Damien died. Yeah, so we get done. Jess picks me up, we're driving, and we're going past, and for some reason, I'm, I'm the worst at even picking my spots for this whole thing. I'm all upset about this. We're driving through a four-way stop sign. She starts going, I'm like, Damien died today. And because I'm not even thinking, we have a friend named David. She slams on the brakes at an intersection. I'm like, no, no, what are you doing? Go, go, go. Yeah, and so we're Damien fans. He is my second favorite Robin, and whether where he is or whatnot, but we really like the character. And we, you hated him at first. This is the progression He's still my of least you. Favorite, I think my least favorite Robin, but I still love him. Yeah, you love him. And when we ended up, we used to call him Little Pumpkin Head and things oh, like yeah. that. And then when he ended up dying, we were upset about it. Now, when he came back with superpowers, we thought this was the greatest thing ever. That kind of got pushed aside as well. But when you have people saying, and, and why I think that I love this series, I'm not going to tell you that the tournament worked out. It didn't. I'm no. not going to tell you that this plot in this issue. The character is so well done in this that I am able to go a cast and the supporting cast. It's great. And so this is almost like the idea of people like I like Super Sons because of the character work or whatever. I think this is even better. It elevates it past. And I use the sexy Roz. Yeah. And I use the and also like, I don't know, D age looking Lady Shiva. Very crazy. But you end up. She looks like she's like 12. Lady Shiva is talking to Connor Hawk on Corto Maltese out of nowhere because she's like, you are the winner. You are the best on this. But like, I'm not here to fight you because you know what? Come with me. There's another tournament because that's all Lady Shiva cares about is being the best there is and going after people who claim to be the best and her proving herself better. So I'm like. This is setting up something great for the future. Yeah, I'm as telling well. you, like we said, the the plot is kind of paper thin. Go off and get dusk. You take them down, right? But the little things, Lady Shiva with Connor, great. When you end up having Talia even say to the rest of the tournament, you know, deal, hey, Lady you guys Shatter's join done. us or you're you're done, great. When you end up having Damien, and what I was saying about Damien is the idea that people hate him because he is, you know, a one trick pony a lot. When you get other writers, oh, he's a jerk. He's a the Teen Titans stuff leading up into this the past couple of years, it hasn't been great. And a lot of the times it is the Damien who the writers will never allow him to learn and and evolve. And this, in a way, Joshua Williamson, in almost a subtle way, even because even that idea of that little bit of, hey, me and my friends are going to do this is something that that Talia can't even fathom him ever saying. People like that are supposed to be under you and you're supposed to control them, but he is looking at them as equals. Now, I'll tell you, you go off with this team 
Damon at points is going to be a jerk. He just he thinks he's the smartest guy, and he's going to tell you that all the time. But that's part of the charm of him when you see him in these moments and him able to kind of relax. And when Flatline tells her name, that is such a trust thing. And the idea that Damien going through this is looking at her as an equal or a girlfriend like that, that is such an evolution of the character that I never thought that we were going to get because he was stuck in a rut. So I can look past the idea. It's almost like the vehicle, you know, the, the mechanism to get these great moments. And I thought they were great. And even having and I wish it wasn't just a panel with the fist bump. I would have liked to have seen them fist bump because even that with Connor, and Damien kind of liking each other and kind of getting along. I'm like, I need more of this team. These kids are great together, especially with Damien being able to be himself and actually let go of a lot of things that he has. You know, the chip on his shoulder when he is with Batman and the Robins and things like that, Uh, though he still loves them, you would figure. Uh, But that part, I'm telling you, I'm liking this, but that part with Talia and it was so hilarious. I mean, and even the progression <laughs> he really does of it. take after his father, doesn't he? And she's like, and walks it's away. It's so cool. And, and again, in this issue that's, I said, it's kind of plays off a little cartoony overall, but you really do get the crazy family dynamic here, including, you know, grandmother, great-grandmother, mother, father, grandfather. All these things going down is so cool because they are such a screwed up family. But for once, especially when they're having this party or whatever, they're able to relax together. Talia and Race just sitting there having a drink or whatever. Talia's shocked when she sees that. <laughs> and I love, like, the her progression is up. great because she's like, oh my God. And she just walks away like, ah, like, you know, almost well, the idea. The is, I think she is a little bit upset because she has been so estranged from Damien this whole time. Even the idea where she comes in, we need to talk about family business going on here. He has friends that she didn't know about. She didn't think because of how he was previously acting. Now he's kissing girls and stuff like that. I mean, like, she has missed out. I'm not going to say this because she's missed out on a great big part of his life, but also it's ever since she murdered him previously in Batman Inc. So it's, it's led to that whole thing. But like, it almost feels like a situation where your kids are all grown up and you realize, oh my God, I, I did so it much is. stuff. I missed out on the biggest parts of their lives. And, and the thing about it, it I think it's I even. I don't know it, them anymore. It's almost like, an, and in a way that's, uh, you know, a crazier progression, like you said. She killed him. She had him killed. Yeah. And But even like John, uh, you know, John Kent and, you know, Lois saying, oh, we missed out on things where I think that this this plays out where I'd like to see exactly what tell because there could be a tell you here who's upset because I'm the woman of his life. And that happens with, with a mother oh, yeah. and a kid where, oh, my God. But it also is that idea that she might be upset that she did miss out on things. It's her fault, but it doesn't matter. You still miss out. You get upset or this could be. Even the Talia of that's a weakness. You know, you, you get all these things. It could be, but I, I do like it just in the deal. And I mean, race when he really wants to dig in is like, just like his father. <laughs> it made me laugh so much in that. And then even to go with that, where you're back on Lazarus Island there and you end up having, you know, Damien say, I got to go home. I got to fix some things. And you have the flatline say, I'm going to go back to Lord Deathman. On to do, do some, some training trains. and stuff like that. And they even say at the one point, too, we're tied. We got to fight a little. I'm like, please don't rip us hard out again. It might be, you know, be permanent the next time. Thing is, but going forward, it might be metaphorical. Well, he, she may rip us hard out. I hope not, because I really do 
like these characters. She's gonna break his heart. Jim. I like where she's just like going to see your father. Like the little no, bad things, and he's like, I got no. something else I gotta do. And oh my god, when it does that, it's like because he has a vial so of the crazy. actual re- like Lazarus fluid that his mother gave him. The thing is, normally you have a situation where somebody has to be submerged in the Lazarus pit, but I don't but know this resin outs- stuff has changed. But this is it. this is re- this is a resin though. This seems to be the regular like you know stuff in my mind, like the actual Lazarus pit. I don't, juice, know, so how, I don't know how they're playing it up because they were kind of going through and saying to mother something like, hey. You know, you've been dealing out the resins and you're the one who's the source or whatever. So it may be like a combo or whatnot, but it, it is going to be. be something where he uh, is going to go and it but seems I just to try to bring out the Because we have gained so much goodwill with Damian Wayne throughout this series so far. If he actually go- does go do something like this and bring back Alfred and like, you know, you want to think that Batman has forgiven him for all these things and they have moved. They're still estranged, but like, you know, both of them have moved past their anger and whatever they had going against each other. If he goes and does this, I don't know if Batman will be okay with it. I don't know, because if, it, if it's Alfred, if he comes back right, I but mean, if he doesn't, think, though. but if he doesn't, there's trouble. Because if it is the resin, there's not enough, maybe? I don't know. Zombie Alfred kind of there in the dungeon. I just imagine it's going to be, be a weird situation where he does bring him back, but it's only going to be a short time for Alfred to forgive him in person before he ends up dying again. Yeah, I actually think either that or it's going to be one of those where... I think we will eventually get Alfred back, but it might be where Batman does stop him at the last second, and they kind of come together Hopefully. as that where Damien's like, crying even and saying, digging I up need Alfred's him back. grave is one of those lines you don't want to cross. That's why I think that maybe this would be the deal where we're getting excited. Oh, my God, Alfred can come back, but Batman's there to tell him this isn't the way. This can't be, and come on, son, come on back, and we'll get some feels and whatnot where they can actually then cry about it. I mean, they haven't really had a chance for... You know, Batman and Damien to kind of sit there and kind of mourn Alfred with this. You had Alfred of the mind, but Damien's the one who ended up watching him die. He was there when Bane snapped his neck and he blamed himself. And there were where you can get that idea. It's not your fault. Stop it, man. Like, uh, I'll, be, I'll be in tears. I, in I just tears, don't know where Batman, back. If, he, if he is the case to go and say you can't do something this one, you know, Batman went against all of his friends, went to Apocalypse, got a chaos shard to reanimate well, you, his you dead son. You can play that. You can play that up. And he's like, well, you brought me back. Went through hell to bring him back. Yeah, yeah. And heaven, Eric. And you can end up where maybe this will be that little bit of no, no, no. We'll just wait on this. We'll figure out a way or whatnot. But. I do like this because he ended up coming back after the whole metal stuff, death metal stuff. And we have Everything Matters and the Infinite Frontier. And it did seem at first like everybody had forgotten that Damien had a, you know, a death dungeon and was mind wiping, things like that. I don't know who forgot about that. His friends this don't feels talk to him anymore. Earned, though, I'm saying, though, but this feels more. But were they even his friends? He never off. treated them like friends. He always treated them well, as like underlings and stuff. So I like this better and I like this team way better. Than the Teen Titans deal, while I still We're like some of those characters, but Flash and Red Arrow. yeah, I'm telling you, Kid Flash and Red Arrow, and that they they can come and go. They'll be the same. They'll be okay. But it is b- bad with Roundhouse and Crush. But uh, I like this because this feels more earned than anything that we had with those Teen Titans teams and all that going on, which was just who's more evil, the evil people or Damian leading the team. And I was getting kind of Damian, that. and yeah, in that point he was so. But we've seen, like, Mammoth. As he's not working the Ferris wheel anymore. No, no, so, they, got you know. their, they got their minds right at the end of that series, so it's fine. 
They even put together a Robin Revenge Squad to go and kill everybody because of what I they think did that to that's kind of wiped out by death metal, a lot of that. So we'll see how that goes. But this is a lot better. This is a better deal, and it's progressing the character. Uh, what did you give it at the end? I love the art in this issue, except for that one scene where Damien's standing there with the rest of his friends because they look like the skinniest people you've ever seen in your life. Like they're about to break it with a strong wind. Somebody get them a sandwich, right? Exactly. But beyond that, I love the art in this. I think it all works together well. I love all the character work, the side stories, whatever they is setting up it's just that i find that is a weird thing i like all the stuff so much the main plot of the book i found weak as hell but i can move past that because everything else was so strong and because i give it an eight out of ten yeah i give it a nine i loved it and it's more of the character work and things like that that has been the strong thing of this and i'm telling you i'm looking at that panel right now I haven't seen skinnier people than that Fiona Apple criminal video, Eric. I mean, they better get them a sandwich. They better. But, yeah, I really liked it. And the idea of that cliffhanger, that's a cool cliffhanger. It's not the idea, oh, my God, is Batman going to die? Oh, my God, like something that is so outlandish that you're like, oh, come on now. This is something where you can think of like we did. Is he going to be able to bring him back? Is it the right thing? Is Batman going to stop him? I think that that is a huge deal. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what goes on. I'm really looking forward to the Shadow War coming up because of these things. Deathstroke Inc. even getting a little more Batman, bigger Deathstroke and better. Inc. and Robin is going to be a cool miniseries, or not miniseries, but a crossover. It's almost like the book that I'm not as hyped up on going into it is actually the Batman book, but that, that's weird. But we'll see how that plays out. But the next book and the second book and last book of this section, it's Catwoman. Catwoman number 40, written by T. Howard. Art by Nico Leone, Jordi Belair, and Tom Napolitano. And we're going to, this is just the second issue of the Catwoman book. And this one, I kind of, it threw me off a little. I thought that the, the narration was a bit over the top at points. And I do like what's going on. It is more of a, you know, street level deal. You're I dealing like with mobsters and stuff. A whole lot. But once we have Val Mont show well, up, well, that's the that, problem. Like, it, it changes the whole pacing. I and the don't whole like thing this Ghostmaker light looking person that we have going on here. And then their interaction with Selena Kyle, whether it be a man or a woman, because Selena doesn't even know who Val Mont is. But when we get back to the, the crime families of Gotham and, like, you know, the idea that uh, Catwoman is going to try to return all of these things that were like you know taken from her by Valmont for like the, the weapons of the crime yeah, families, the, the weapons signature and the things symbols that they and things. Exactly, yeah. she's going to return them just as a way of saying, like, "Look, I can get these out without you know," because they don't know that she didn't take them. But the idea that she can be anywhere at once, any given time, she's going to return them as well to show her power here. So it's a cool power play. But the idea where she's going to go and like you know help out the Don's son, who the Don wants to replace with his best friend. And this whole, like, I like all that stuff that we're doing. But then we just kind of slow down to the point where the uh, the Don's son, his, the best friend, who's like, you know, Don wants they're to take lovers, over. They're lovers, I know they're lovers, but this whole thing where, like, um, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Oh, Noah. Noah is the guy that, like, the Don wants to take over after he has his, his son killed because he, I guess he thinks Dario's Dario his is son. A, he just thinks that he's not up. good enough. Yeah. yeah. And Dario's afraid when Catwoman starts saying things that. His dad has discovered that he's gay and he has exactly. a relationship with Noah. That's something so it's that Catwoman has to discover later on herself. But this whole thing where we have a situation, I like all the like the Gotham City crime family stuff because it takes me back to the like the uh, the Valentine stuff that I really yeah, enjoy. Genevieve Valentine deal, exactly. But we have like the Black Mask being the main villain of Catwoman, which is something I always love to see. And this whole like aspect of the the hero or antihero, Selena Kyle here. This is where I like to see her played out. But when it then jumps to the idea like, well, I didn't have museums in Alleytown. I'm going to check out a diamond. I'm not going to steal it. But then it becomes about Valmont. But then we have 
uh, Noah show up like he knows where Catwoman is. He's going to kill Catwoman. And it becomes this weird situation where she then just kind of gets screwed up and takes a shotgun blast to the chest out of nowhere. I'm like, what happened to the story? Because you started off so goddamn strong with what you were doing, but it took a weird swerve out of nowhere. Yeah, I, I didn't love a bit of it. The art is great. The art plays off a lot like if you're reading over at Marvel. It, it reminds me I'm a not. bit of the Black Widow book that you end up having Elena Casagrande, who I really like. It has some play of that at bits with this. But when you end up starting out, you do have wonder. You have Catwoman talking about the idea of, yeah, you know, Valmont took those pieces, those weapons. I'm going to return them because that ends up getting kitty killed this girl but i'm like nah kind of her kicking you know black mask in the chops might have done that as well but then that ties into the idea that black mask gang is killing somebody who shouldn't be killed but the idea that selena says i'm going to return these because of what happened but it's also going to tell them this i thought it got a little convoluted when she then goes and looks at you know don frederico tomaso and dario and noah i thought that the the dialogue and the word things kind of got confusing, especially when they separate. When Catwoman and Dario separate, and she's zipping around her motorcycle and things like that, there were points where I didn't know who was talking or whatnot. It was just a little bit of a thing, but it does end up where she gets in a fight. It's to set up these guys who ended up killing set this up the stripper. black mass freaking like you know goons who killed her stripper friend. And then she, you know, Catwoman busts in. It looks like she might jump like five stories up. Comes in and says, "Hey, how do you like my motorcycle, Eric? We could do that I, again." I, I, I like this thing though, where she has like a man on the inside with you know the Don Tommaso's son, like son Dario, where like she's explaining like. Your father doesn't like you. He's going to screw you over and stuff like that. So work with me. We're going to get some justice. And maybe in the end of this, you will take over the family business. And he goes with it. I like that aspect. Yeah, I think he went a little too quick. I don't even like the idea. Well, I ended up setting up things in the vents to electrocute all your bat things and all these things. I'm like, I didn't know what was going on. But uh, the idea, too, when it was a weird play. And I just as an aside, when you end up setting up this with Don Frederico Tommaso, then you see Dario and you're like, okay. Then you go, and I don't know why they pull back and show Dario again to talk about Noel or Noah, who's barely in the panel off the side. I got a little confused in that, but yeah, this whole deal where this guy, he's he should take over. He's the son. He said, all my yeah, relatives are a heir. bunch of jerks. Yeah. And the idea that his dad likes this Noah better is a longtime friend, you know, as, since they were kids, but they're also lovers. Where then you make Noah really a piece of crap, where he does not. He's going to betray Dario. his friend and lover to be take over the family. Doesn't even seem to care that much no. about him, and it's awful. And I do like the narration, and it's going to be heavy narration. That's the problem with a solo character like this. So I don't mind that. Like I said, sometimes the over the top narration, but I do like when she ends up, and it gets a little hokey. The idea I saw that he was soft. He had a beam of light coming from his chest, but I do like that she feels bad for him. And it's like, this is a kid who just is in love, and that guy is just using him. And when you go back and, and read it again. his father doesn't respect him. Yeah, and when you go back and reading it again, you end up having Catwoman talking to Dario and says, listen, that's the problem. It's you and Noah. You got to know some things. And he ends up, how does my dad? And he doesn't get it out. Then then she realizes, he thinks, oh, my God, my dad found well, out about it. she just tells well, him a little bit and realizes what the deal is. And yeah. that's the bit, though, is Noah in this has to get things working quickly. Because if that is found out, he's done too. That stuff doesn't go well with the mob, so it plays out well. And by the end of that, you still end up having Dario go back to Noah. That's his love. Uh, and Catwoman says, I'm going to let him have this night or whatever. Hopefully, maybe things work out. But 
things are going to have to change. I'm going to help. And you see, she's pissed. She's really pissed. So that is really cool. When you go to Valmont, though, which feels like the idea of like, okay, we're going to do this Genevieve Valentine crime boss thing. But somebody seems like say to Teeny Howard, you can't just do that. You have to have this over the top. Super it, It's not needed. You have to have it this weird guild of off. thieves, and this Valmont's going to be the head. They're going to bring in, you know, woman to the guild. Because, and I think that what you're saying is uh, completely 100. You have to have thieving. You have to have cat burglary. Where in the regular thing, it is Catwoman just trying to, you know, make the city better, take down some things, get these crime families, all that, even with that connection to Ico and this sort of thing going on. But mostly take out Black Mask because he's a piece of shit. When you get this Valmont stuff, it just ends up feeling it's a like, distraction. like a backup. It feels like a lame backup when you get to it. And it is a distraction. Now you you play it in by the end where you do end up having the Black Mask goons. They end up being able to pretty recover very quickly from what Dario says. Catwoman's going to kill them. Stop it. You're going to kill them. And she's like, okay, I don't want, you know, he doesn't know I won't kill, but we'll go with that. She's the how's my motorcycle? I mean, it was, it got a little dark in there, and they, but it was cool. And so when you have this whole idea with, what do you know about this diamond? Well, this, this guy said that he found it from this, but I think he stole it. Yeah. You want to steal it? No. Oh, no. Black Mask and his goons led by well, Noah. So you have Black Mask goons show up, which you took out previously, and Noah, who is the second in charge of, like, you know, the, the Tenasi crime yeah, family. Will will, I'm one, saying, but, yeah. like, right now, he's just, like, you know, one of the top men over there, one of the made men in that family. But they just show up at this museum because, like, they got ears everywhere and they, like, you know, voice recognize Catwoman somehow and they just showed up there. I'm like, and it feels weird for what Catwoman does here because she just kind of pounces down, talks to this guy who has a shotgun to her chest. She slips backwards with her heels and this takes a salt, like, a, like a rock salt yeah, round to the fucking you stomach. you think it's a full-out round. Like, she's dead. It just, I don't understand any of this going on because all of a sudden it doesn't feel like Catwoman for any of the progression here. For she just jumping down in front of this gun, talking and taking a shot to the chest. And then she even says, this is a guy who wants to be made. And, well, yeah. and you do see that Valmont then is able to grab her, but then ends up saying that what was going to happen here is Noah was going to get her unconscious body and take it to Black Mass. That makes yeah. sense and all that. Now, also with the Black Mass guys, I do like this deal, too, before we get to part of Hush stuff. But I do like that idea that Dario, when he's talking to Catwoman, he says, like, almost like this is the better option. Like, this actually... Yeah, you're still a crime family, but he says, I want to do things different. One of the things, I don't want to deal with this black mask. He's no good. I want to do things a little better. I want to do things a little different. And that seems like a cool play that if this does work out where Catwoman there is able to help him a bit, or at least, you know, they're kind of like that comrade type of deal. But in the meantime, his dad, and you see when he ends up getting up from the table to go off where he gets the call and he goes off to Catwoman, first off, don't use Catwoman as a, you know, he has it, looks like he has her contact info in the in the phone. At one point he's talking and there's a big cat on the deal. You got to get that out, Dario. You're going to get in trouble. But you end up where when he goes off, I think that he should realize that the business talk doesn't end. Like It's almost like he's inconsequential. He gets up. His dad's talking to Noah the whole time. So he has to realize this is happening. But he trusts Noah so much because they're more than just friends but not really for no one it does end up where you're so pissed off but after Catwoman gets shot she ends up having a little vision see a little slam bradley i never expected to see it this week but the idea that she's having 
you know, sort of fever dream type deal. Well, she took a shot to the chest here, so Bob probably even thinks that she might be dead because you don't know what kind of round it and is. And this but might be her thinking, I'm, I'm heading to heaven right now. I mean, there's crap well, that's going the worst on. part because there's no heaven in this because I hate Heart of Hush and everything that story did. So when you're having a callback, it's fine. It's fun for what you're doing. It's just I don't care for that story. And uh, honestly, it's inconsequential as well for our progression. It's just a w- fun little callback for fans, I guess. This is where me and Optimus Prime, because I said in my, my review... I don't know why it's like you had to have this, like, did you just have that Batman here? Like, is this the idea? Because I really like this book as a way. And he said that he likes to still have that connection with Batman and things like that. I'm the opposite. I like this book because it does feel like finally we're getting back to having a Bat or a Catwoman book that's just Catwoman, that she's doing her own thing and she can start to go a little over the line and stuff like that. And, you know, what she does, that gray area, a little better. Uh, and so when she ends up waking up, she's there with Valmon, who's like, yeah, I put you together, put you back. You got hit with rocks. So that explains what ended up happening. Um, but with that, she's like, oh, well, what did you do? What did you get to end up doing with those guys? And he's like, well, I kind of talked them out of, you know, taking you and things like that. He's got body bags there again to have the deal where he's not going to have any. He or she. We, we don't know what it is. The black masked men are dead, but I'm yeah. not sure. Do you think that Noah is a part of these this bodies? This is the problem is because there was more than it looks like there's just two bags and Agreed. I don't think so. And I thought in my mind when I first and I read it a couple times to review it. And the first time I thought, if it's Noah, that's huge because then what happens Noah should is, be there. It should. And why I like that isn't the idea that Selena's like, you're going to screw me. I mean, what are you doing? But the idea that if Noah's dead. It's before any sort of action taken by Dario's father. So is he going to think that this was all just a setup and that wasn't the case? His dad will probably then go to him and then he becomes a real big villain. Or is Noah still out and about and you got to deal with him? Both ways, I think, are crazy things to deal with in the book. But it should be. He should be there. He really should, especially with the idea that he ended up shooting Catwoman right in the chest with Roxal or whatever. That's pretty big, but he ends up saying it, and that kind of seems to be the cliffhanger of like, okay, is that just goons? Is that the deal? But he's like, yeah, they're right over here in body bags. I'm like, oh my god! And he said, it's a terrible reminder that you're alone with a killer, is what she's thinking. The idea that this person goes a little over the top. And at one point, I did think it was funny that Valmont's like, I know you're intrigued if I'm a man or a woman, aren't you? And you never really get the full explanation of it. But when you end up seeing them without. The head deal, it does look from the back as maybe a woman, but I think they're playing. You tell them my hair looks like that. I'm telling you, it's like, it's luscious hair uh, there. But yeah, so we'll have to see what's going on. But Valmont in this deal seems to think that Catwoman is intrigued. And even the idea of that cat that he ended up leaving, where that was also that sign of I could just come and go as I want, just like those weapons and things like that. So there's that interplay of going all around. I still do like this. But now Selena is alone with somebody who is willing and to kill for you, and she finds that terrifying. Yeah, and I again, the Valmont stuff hasn't really clicked with me yet, and I do agree I don't care for the character that yet. the regular deal, the street-level stuff, it just ends up like, why do you need to go with that? I just want to see Selena doing the stuff, crime boss stuff, try to take down Black Mask. I, I, think I liked all that stuff in the beginning with Dario and stuff. I liked everything that she is setting up. Once she ended up having them together, there was a couple bits and panels and dialogue that I'm like, was that her? Oh, my God, was that? It, it seemed a little wonky at one point. But overall, I thought it was pretty good. What would you give it? 
I like the art in this a lot, and I think three quarters of the book is really good. It's just when we get away from Dario and just go to the museum, do our Valmont stuff, and then Noah and some goons show up out of nowhere. The book kind of just falls apart for me for what it was doing and how good it was setting up the previous stuff. And But because of those things, I'm going to give this a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I give it a 7 out of 10 as well. I could even go to 7.5 as we were talking about it. But when you're going about it, I will point out that I think you're correct in one thing, too, where Noah shows up. And just says, eh, we track you all over the place. We know exactly. That that seems odd. The idea of that being the case, especially with it being Catwoman and things like that. So we'll have to see how this goes with Dario. But yeah, I'm interested to see how Dario and that goes on. I never would have thought going into this that I would have even known any of that or, or gone with it. So that's pretty cool. Also setting up possible ally with Selena versus the black mask, which she pretty much needs. Which is I mean, my that's favorite thing for her to do. Yeah, that's what it's going to be. So, yeah, there you go. So we're done with that section, Eric. We're going to go off right now, do a little bit of mail, maybe a lot bit of mail, and then we'll be back to finish up with two more books. And it is the mail. Eric, we're here with a bunch of mail. And if you want to get involved in the podcast, like everybody we're going to hear in a minute, you only have to email us in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com. Just like Luis, who starts it off. And Luis says, hello, Jim, Eric, and the Get Fresh crew. What's up, Luis? It's time for questions of the week. Crakertown is being attacked. A time for you and Eric what to is step it not? up. To the plate, I know, really. Uh, are we talking about meth and heroin? Up to the plate, and that, that's a joke, Eric. That's hilarious. No, it's and not. And it saved the pandemic. world from invasion. But you need some weapons and tools to help you out. First, you need a ride. What are you driving? One, Batmobile. Two, indissolvable jet. I think that's invisible jet. And three, Lobo space hog. What would space you be hog. driving? Uh, you're going with Space Hog, you Damn son of a space gun. Hog. I wish that I had. I needed to have the sound I've got a Space Hog sitting right here. Of course we're going Space Hog. Are you really sure that you're going to go with the Space Hog? Are, are you positive oh, games. that that is what you're going to end up doing? I even know where this is and I can't find it. Yeah, Holy it doesn't mo- matter. Oh, darn it, Eric. I thought that I was going to be able to find it. And t- are you really the sure? Lost now. Are you sure? That, well, I needed to have the, the cue of that because we love the Space Hog so the much. The cue written right there. Oh, it is, but I didn't think you were going to say Space Hog, so I didn't was, go. It is a badass space motorcycle I'm going with skull Batmobile. in front of it. I'm going Batmobile. Oh, my God, Eric. Space uh, Hog. Right on bitch. time. Right on time. <laughs> space Hog. Second, you need a primary weapon. You use nth metal, cosmic staff, or trident. Cosmic staff or trident. I'm probably going to go with the cosmic staff just because I need to. I don't know what nth metal would go and do or a trident beyond pointing against. Because I'm th- right now, I'm going with that weird, you know, almost like a bath salt zombie apocalypse going on over here where just a bunch of messed up drug addicts are trying to try to eat your face. Yeah. Really, one of the ways to save that might be to arm yourself with some Narcan, maybe. I don't exactly. know. You end up where the nth metal is funny because we were talking about that Manium uh, last night in the Grill of Grad, or thank Grad, it's Friday deal. And the idea that at one point they did make some Batarangs out of the Batmanium, but the Batmanium is like so over the top heavy 
that nobody could really use them or anything. It was just to kind of show it off. But that yeah. was crazy. I was looking into some of those. But I'm going to go cosmic stuff as well. Third, uh, your second weapon is either. And again, when you say Batmobile, which Batmobile are you going with, Jim? I'd just go just anyone. I think anyone no, is anyone. good They're enough. all good, right? Yeah, they are. They have a bunch of gadgets <laughs> that's just and so, stuff. Well, give me, give me gonna, a that's all he said. I can't say. He says Batmobile. That's all it is. I mean, you end up with... So it's with, all and nothing at the same time. I guess. Uh, he also says what other weapons, second weapon, Batarang, Lasso of Truth, or the Escrima Sticks. Well, the thing is, can I use the lasso of truth as a way to lasso up some of these, you know, drugged out meth heads by saying, this is not your truth. No, that's the problem. It is their truth. You'd end up, that would be the problem. You'd end up putting it on them and know your truth and they just become more drugs. They're just junkies. Uh, But I think I would go with, I'd probably go go with the lasso there because as we see, that thing could do everything. We'll be in pocket dimensions and stuff. What was the options again for that one? Batarang. The Escrima Sticks or Lasso of Truth. I'm probably just going to pick the Escrima Sticks because I know I'm not going to be able to throw a Batarang and hit anything. The Lasso, just have you ever tried to Lasso something? It's a pain in the ass, but I can hit something with a stick. I know that. That is true. I'd kind of like whip them with it. I'd use the Lasso. But yeah, the Sticks would be funny because I don't know that you'd be able to use those either. But no. I do, well, I I do imagine something that. Comes, I can club something. I do imagine that Batarang just like, tink, coming off. It's either going to miss or it's just oh, going to no, hit it's, in a weird it's way. It's missing everything. Yeah. Fourth, now you need a suit. You use bat suit, deathstroke suit, or big barter suit. Well, I I don't want that gigantic big barter big barter helmet. I find it to be very cumbersome. But I would end up if I could have two eye holes, and I'm definitely going to go with the deathstroke suit. Yeah, well, maybe you'd have to have a eye patch, the whole which body. is good there too. And sometimes even has a bit of a headband and stuff. Well, the like thing that. is, it also is off. the right eye for the one that's almost dead on my face. So maybe it does work out. Now I'm assuming that in this Quaker Town is in the DCU if we're able to do all these things. So I'd probably pick the bat suit just so people might mistakenly think Batman's attacking him and run before I have to do it. Man, Batman's a little guy. Maybe that's Batman. Is it just like kind of flopping around because it doesn't fit you? Maybe. You know, with that, yeah, Big Barda's big helmet, and that ain't going to fit your fucking head, so shut your mouth. I don't want that one. Yeah, but it's little to you with that fucking noggin. You end up with the idea, too, where, uh, well, there you go. Well, Deathstroke suit, too, it's like, is it going to, you know, expand in the middle or something? He's in good shape. Fifth is now you got your weapons ride and weapons. Uh, you're going into the war and you might not win, so you take oh, no. a minute to order your last meal. You might eat what is it, uh, just in case you slip and die. The problem is you don't want to wear yourself, you know, get too much of a food to go into that battle or whatnot. It's like I, last night I went to have a few drinks at the bar, but I ate like half a bag of chicken nuggets before I went there, like frozen chicken nuggets, and I felt so like bloated. bloated and, like, so. Like, I, well, you so were going heavy. to drink. You weren't just going to fight your battle till the end, but what would it be your last meal? It was a fight to meal? get there because of how full I felt, but the thing is I would probably just go to the best food in town, the Chinese restaurant. Yeah, you just go there with all those weapons and stuff. Yeah. You go in. I don't know. I might I'm have like a, a dried, uh, cream dried beef. Eric, I kind of crave that right now. But right now, I've been eating a lot of this uh, chicken salad that Tanya makes. Maybe I just have that and go with it. But uh, he says, thank you. Guys, stay fresh and see you on the 7th. So thank you, Luis. And yeah, I I don't know. I I would end up that last meal deal. Maybe I just wouldn't eat that. It it always weirds me (laughs) out, like the idea of having that. Because I I think that I'd want to at least pretend that I'm going to live. Anything around here, you can just go because I'm going to say around here because, you know, I'm sick of everything around here is the problem. I really don't really enjoy. We ended up 
uh, a couple of weeks ago, we even got uh, Wendy's because they have a new Wendy's. They uh-huh. change locations. And it just was like I got like halfway done. I'm like, I don't even like this stuff anymore. I'm really bored with the, all the stuff in town. So the hell with it. Aaron. But you just want to eat Tanya's chicken salad over and yeah, over again with walnuts I, and grapes. Yeah, because it was no, I don't. There's no walnuts now. I told her to, Gross. you know, ixnay on the all nuts way is what I do. It's just grapes and cranberries in that baby. But I do like it. I actually, right before the podcast, did roast up some chicken to make some more of that when we are done. The next uh, email is from Red. Red says, hello, weird science. Hello, weird up, science. Red? Great work as usual. I've been meaning to write for months, but every time I try to write, these things I end up rambling on for a very long time. So I'm going so to try to keep show in the general. topics I know. I want to talk to you guys about in shorter separate emails. I've been enjoying the Martian Manhunter backup by Sean Aldridge. So and am I. so Something are we, fierce. as you heard. At first, I thought he was just trying to modernize the original Silver Age stories, but then, surprise, surprise, Dr. Trap shows up. Everything it's matters. just like last night might have shown up to Eric at the bar. I don't know what happened. I the wish. The murderer of Cameron Chase's dead acrobat, along with the rest of the Justice experience. They even mentioned Marshall Manhunter being the Bronze Wraith. I love continuity, so seeing Trap show up yeah, so and having cool, the right? history backstory return was such a delight. Now, only it was a delight. I like that. I like that phrasing. Uh, was it a delight to you, Eric? Of course it was. I just said yeah, it was. It was a delight. I just like to say delight. Not only that, not but we also get a Professor Hugo reference that we didn't oh, even yeah. mention. Oh, yeah. Hugo was freaking mentioned yep. that, too. We didn't even bring up the idea that, that he is crazy. the one who did this. I'm like, you're just quoting out all of these classic Martian Manhunter references. Yeah, and the funny thing about it is how well Sean Aldridge has done. When you end up having Professor Hugo reference there, it's bigger because you know that he's doing something that means something and he's actually – you know, putting pieces together. So, you know, he's showing up soon. I mean, what's And I do next? hope that he shows up as more than just a reference for Trapjaw. Yeah. Trapjaw. Dr. Trap. That, yeah, <laughs> Trapjaw. Not only that, but we also get a Professor Hugo reference, like you said. Uh, I mean, what's next? Martian Manhunter's brother, Malifalak. I hate that Malifalak. name. Malifalak. Scorch. Or even Diane. I hope Mead? we don't get Malfalak because that was a big deal before. I think in the Martian. I, I want the more yeah, it was the Rob Williams in the in that yeah. deal with the and the Martian Man Eater. Yeah, I don't know. Remember the planet just with the teeth and stuff. It's there still was Mars and Phobos. And, yeah, you know. I don't know what's next, but what I know is DC should give Aldridge a trial run, maybe a four issue mini with more Martian Manhunter. You said the problem going to be is the idea of it not selling. So a mini might be fine though. It. Yeah, I don't think so. None of Probably these minis not, really go. It, it, they just don't seem to hit. But people um, are always clamoring online for Martian Manhunter content, and I just hope that all of those people come out with their wallets when it happens. Yeah, but it doesn't end up. It's it's crazy. Again, people, people like to yell talk, about, like to buy. you know, Hawkman. That book sold like crap, even with it being so, you know, rave reviews and things thing like is, that. thing is, it sold like crap, but I still think that every Hawkman fan out there bought that book. Well, they so. did. And they still have a lot of Hawkman fans. That's the problem. Would Hawkman you guys, is cool, but he ain't Batman. Would you guys be up for a full-length miniseries? I want a Firestorm book. I don't expect a Firestorm book to come out, and if it does, it lasts very long. Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're only going to get minis at this point, so you can kind of go with that. But he says, would you be up for a full-length miniseries, or is that I would. enough? Or is this enough? I actually think that it's I'd rather have it here where you're not going to get DC to say, oh, well, the character doesn't sell because it's just doing so well as a backup. You could just keep doing those backups. Well, I, and raw. It's I, like I, I talked like about it. before. I think maybe on the Thank Rod is Friday. Maybe I said in the spotlight. I don't recall when we talked about it, but I personally think that Martian Manhunter works best in backups, like going back to the roots of the character and stuff like that. And usually when we do have an ongoing series like a, like a Martian Manhunter would have, I find it's hard to carry a series with John Johns uh, there because he just 
He's I like him a lot, but I still find him like by himself very interesting. The way that he's being used in the backups, though, I find him very endearing, especially with his kitty cat double stuff. Yeah, I like that. And then he even mentions him. Red, I can tell, is is a big fan because Red actually even told me that I should do that first appearance of Zook uh, when, oh, yeah. we, when I get to it. And I do those I first appearances and stuff like that. So I actually have read it. It's really fun. Yeah. Uh, so eventually when we don't have enough books and kind of with that, those were the ones that Zook I put up on weird. Friday. It's kind of like that classic 60s Hanna-Barbera era where you want to introduce like this like like zany little sidekick character to keep the kids like interested. Gleek, you or know, like that, even that like sort of thing. Do. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> and I do have that, you know, kind of set aside for a point where if we don't have as many books to have a Thank God It's Friday, I'll replace it with that one of the weeks or something because I have read that and enjoyed it. I also wonder if there are other characters from Martian Manhunter's past that Eric would like to see in the future. Uh, are there? I don't know off the top of my head. It's usually when they show up, I'm like, oh, that's cool. But normally, like, I don't think about Martian Manhunter villains a lot off the top of my head. I, if I do, I usually say, come on, like, how many Martian Manhunter villains can you name off the top of your head? And usually it's not many for anybody, but I don't know. I just want to see where Sean Aldridge is going to take this next, and I want to be surprised by the people that he does pull out of his ass. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, maybe a campfire. Maybe something like that, right? A campfire? Yeah, look, campfire. P.S. I think Zook is adorable. I like how the art made her look like the alien from the Silver Age without making her look like the alien from the Silver I Age. I agree. Keep That's up. the fun part yeah. because it's like, you know, it's Martian Manhunter's biggest fan. Call me Zook. So she is just wanting to make her like cosplaying as a Zook. It was fun. Yeah, and it says keep up the good work and talk to you soon. So, yeah, thank you, thank you Red. I'm Red, a big Martian Manhunter fan, especially Sean Aldridge. But again, I don't on. want Malfalak to show up just because I don't care about Malfalak. <laughs> I know. I, I actually don't want Mal Fleck to show up mainly because I can't say that name ever. I always mess it up. But also because I kind of had enough of Mal Fleck in that even if it was the DCYOU and a while ago. I Love Punchline is next. Says, hi there, Jim and Eric. So My last on. mail was a bit of a cringe fest. So I'm going to make this one mostly normal and just rely on mostly. the one note gimmick of making Jim say I Love Punchline over and cool. over. Ha ha. This time we're going to talk about Nightwing, where he's going to constantly say, I love dick. That's right. I do have that soundbite. Jokes aside, I really appreciate the podcast and the efforts. You guys go to the review all these books in a way that's both insightful, fair, and funny as hell, Eric. Hooray. Is hell that funny? Mission accomplished. I never Of course it is. Thank you so much for doing what you do. It's hilarious. Now he's saying, do what you do. It truly makes me happy to listen to all of your work. Moving on. I have three questions for you regarding Wonder Woman. Ignoring her less than stellar authors and storylines since Rucka's run, don't you think she's long overdue for a costume change? What do you think, though? We had a costume change during the DCYU era. It was a very brief one, and I think it was one of the best ones out of there, besides for Bunny Suit Batman and, like, you know, the way the Aqua. Pretty much during that whole thing, everybody got a makeover and a new creative team has seen going forward. And I think Wonder Woman was the course where it had these cool blade things that came out of her gauntlets, but. It didn't last very long, and the thing is, I guess they figured that the classic look was the best thing, but I do agree that whenever you do get a, a costume change, even if it doesn't last, it's one of those things that's like, you know, gets everybody talking, get excited, you want to go and check this stuff out, so I'm always a fan of whatever that happens, and I could see this being something that Wonder Woman should do, because I need, I don't want it under the current creative team, just because it's going to be stupid, and people are going to say how great they are, and I don't want that to happen, so when somebody new comes on the book, I want that to happen, so everybody will jump on board and get excited. And he says, uh, in general, I think the outfits of Rebirth were awesome, especially Batman. The purple yeah, cape it was and a yellow huge, outline. You know, that thing with the like the purple inside of the cape, like the thing is, I thought it was cool because it was different at first, but then I just, I don't know, it was just kind of too much for me, I guess, by the like, end of it. He liked it and says, easily my favorite look he's ever had. So that's cool. 
Uh, so I'll admit to being very disappointed when Tom King and Bendis reverted both him and Superman back to their, in more his humble opinion, lesser costumes. <laughs> I can deal with it, of course, but I think it's weird that the final member of the Trinity Alpha, what are they talking about, Jordan in your mind? Hopefully. The events of uh, Endless Winter and Death Metal and her trip to Asgard has remained the same movie-inspired costume since the beginning of Rebirth of Batman and Superman had to go back to wearing their trunks on the outside. Then why isn't Diana not sporting her classic swimsuit as well, Eric? Why not? Uh, that'll be crazy. But he says, second question for Eric this time. Out of the members of Superman's rogues gallery, Silver Banshee and Parasite has some of his favorite designs, yet you're hardly ever seeing them except in spread pages where they yeah, don't Parasite get shows to up do sporadically anything. just to get fucked over, it seems like, every time he shows up. Yeah, or like, you know, weird things and save that DC versus Vampires out of continuity deal that I didn't even recognize him at first. Yeah. <laughs> Since I only started reading comics during the start of Rebirth, unlike Eric Shea, and thus right. can't hold a candle to someone who's read them for most of his life, do you think you can recommend any storylines where Parasite, but especially Banshee, gets to sign? Uh, get to shine. I, I, would, I mean, he says thanks in advance. I think that a good one for because I'm a Rudy Jones Parasite fan. So there was a story back after Post Crisis kind of thing where Darkseid was going to remake the Parasite because he had memories of the pre Crisis kind of thing. So that new one, or even like a uh, Superman Secret Origins uh, kind of thing where they redid the Parasites like origin and stuff like that. Those might be good go tos. And for Silver Banshee. It's a weird one because Silver Banshee's always done kind of like dirty whenever she comes around. But there's a cool thing where she was teamed up with a bunch of villains called Superman Ending Battle. And I think that could be cool. It's like a, a big crossover kind of like, you know, arc. So that could be fun to do. Okay. And yeah, he just says thanks in advance. And then finally, I have a request for Jim. As a citizen of Denmark, oh my goodness, Eric, I would absolutely love to hear you butcher a Danish accent. Bonus points if you could do it without saying oh the words hello or love. And I know that usually. You know, I like to poke fun at my accents, Eric, but you don't ah. realize that I take a lot of care and yeah. effort into this now. Uh, but the idea of a Danish accent, a Denmark accent, here you go. Here, okay. here's, I'm going to, mm, I got to get in the, the feel here. It's like, hey, you want to go get some of the coffee? Uh, you want to do that? Uh, is that good, Eric? You like that? Let's eat the rye bread. Uh. I really, really <laughs> wish you hadn't looked at things with that. Uh, because it just sounds awful. I ended up looking up saying, I know it, and I'm really over there. Hey, you want to go get. So now I'm getting like it's a little Italian book. You want to get the pork cutlet with the rye bread? Uh. There you go, Eric. I think that he's going to love it. He's going to laugh. The idea that I looked up and everything I looked I up. I love Punchline. Just tell us how awful that was. Everything I looked up, though, is that. I did, they eat a lot of rye bread okay. in, in Denmark and a lot of pork. A lot of pork. You eat a deal. lot of chicken salad. What do I you want do. from this? I, I eat the chicken salad. Uh, let's go to. Uh, you drive an hour and a half to get I'm buffet steak the for buffet. some reason. Uh, the coffee. Uh. There you go, Eric. I think he's going to be like, holy crap. I feel like you're an awful bully from the 90s. With he you thought he was that, talking. Oh, I'm it. telling you, he thought it, that he was talking to somebody from Denmark themselves. There is something. Awful in Denmark, Erica, and that's it, it for me. He says it is me. <laughs> Thank you once again for this amazing podcast. Oh, God. Ah, uh, yes. And as always, and if anybody wants to blame some, there's these two, uh, you know, younger girls that end up having a video. How Do to me speak, a favor. Just blame Jim. Like they're from Denmark, and I'm giving it up full out. This is 100%. And as always, I love Keep it in 100. I got you. And they also said that a lot of times with people, and again, the idea of a, a 
an accent, a Danish accent. The funny thing about it is, is that I'm playing off the idea of somebody who speaks English doing that or them trying to speak English. So it's a little wonky, the idea. But I did end up seeing that a lot of people who try to speak English in in a Danish deal, they end up really trying to be like the hello love, like really over the top, and that kind of Are you Danish? as well. Maybe hello love. There you go, Danish Eric, and I do prefer Danishes over like donuts at points too. So that's just an aside. At points, I just, just like so, it. go eat whatever's in front of you. Quiet no, down. I'm saying some donuts I don't really like. There's only a couple donuts, but I do like a Danish now and again. So there you go. That's why I'm you know a big. Big hit in Denmark. Yeah, obviously. I'm like, I like the I like Danish, Danish now again. Yeah. Did you give me the lemon Danish? Here you go. The lemon? Really? <laughs> I've lost yeah. all respect for you. Give me the like raspberry. I do that. That's the thing that I learned that when you end up having a problem where most people, at least English speakers or whatnot, where they go, um, instead the Danish. You like that? You like hey. no? I ended I up like watching some guy who was like a, a politician. He was and he, all the whole time he kept doing that too. I'm like, I guess it's accurate. Holy moly! I can't wait. So there you go. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. We are I just prove that I'm a man of the world. I I am like Valmont. I'm a God. child of the world, Eric. I am not really any one nationality or culture. I'm everyone. Next You're is trash in the basement. I am not. E- here I am, here down in the basement. Er. J-Man's next, Eric. Hey, Jim, what's up, Eric? Er. What's up, J-Man? I just heard the news about Chip Zdarsky as the new writer on Batman. Between Zdarsky writing and Jorge Jimenez drawing Batman, I think things are looking up for DC, he says. Oh, looks A good lot to of me. people were going on about the idea how much they love the Night Book, which we do like. Uh, but people are going in a... At the end of that Red Hood story, me and you kind of ended up thinking that it did fizzle out a little bit by the end. It kind of lost its way a bit. Yeah, it it got a little convoluted. But people are really going with that. Like, oh, my God, that was so awesome. Or that didn't find it to be awesome. And I do love Chip Zdarsky, but it did fizzle out by the end. I also heard a rumor that Tom Taylor is going to have a new Deceased series to finish out the trilogy. Deceased 3. This time it's personal. This time it's more Deceased. Now, if we can get somebody... Competent writing Wonder Woman and get Clark back to Earth. I will again be a proud fan of DC. I'm telling you right now, I don't bring Clark, Clark back out. to Earth. No, I'm I fine with what we're doing right now. Do it as long as you can. No, I do not. Well, he doesn't like John as Superman, it seems. I like later John on, as Superman. I yeah. want to see him grow more into Superman, but what Clark's doing is even better. Yeah, I think that this is the most I've enjoyed Superman since we started the podcast. And that's not anything that's a joke because I think that that's a character. Feels like the most important we've done. Yeah, I mean, even in the, the New 52, it was all over the place and whatnot. A lot of people liked the Tomasi, so we didn't really love that either. Had and even moments. the Dan Jurgen still, it did. But overall, we had a lot of kind of you know, There was a lot of ups and, and downs. Stuff. Like, you remember that corporation that disappeared and then went to the Amazon somehow, but also had a doomsday pod in it and it never got resolved? I'm like, all right, that Dan Jurgen's Action Comics was good, but it was up and down with, with the, like the uh, the quality of it in my yeah, mind. Yeah, I also so remember, the, the you know, you're not liking Cancer Kids on the Moon. I mean, you're a hateful guy, but that's no, just no, me. No, no, that was like a virtue signaling kind of nonsense. Like, you know, hey, Superman's cool. He likes Cancer Kids. Cool. Road trip was weird, <laughs> too, that whole deal. So, yeah, there was there was a bunch of stuff that was down. But he says, since you guys recently did a do-or-die $25 pull list, I figured I'd make my own. My list is as follows. Robin, four bucks. Boom. Deathstroke King, four bucks. Uh, uh, 
Batman five dollars. That's actually interesting to me because I didn't expect anybody to put Deathstroke on their wall. It is an interesting book. I just feel like it's like you know a book that everybody's sleeping on right now. It's getting out. It's getting bigger and bigger. I'd like to sleep on it. It'd be a better pillow than the one I have now. My pillow stinks there. The flash. Plus, I had two pillows. I don't know where the other one went. I'm really pissed off. The Flash number. Uh, the Flash is four dollars. Dark Knights is still four dollars. And Blue and Gold. Oh wow! Out of nowhere, four dollars. The book is fine. That's the thing. It's a solid seven in my mind. I like it. Never wows me, but I never have a bad time reading it. No, you don't. But that's one of those where I don't know that that makes the pull list with everything else going it on. It does if uh, you're a Booster Gold slash Blue Beetle fan. Yeah, well, three of them. That brings my total pretty close to twenty five dollars. He says, hopefully DC doesn't start hiking up their prices on any of these titles, Eric. That would really Agreed. screw us over, right? I can see them pulling a fast one, at least with the first issue of Chip Zdarsky's Batman run. Yeah, well, it's an oversized issue. It's yeah. oversized, so they but might. You don't I count mean, that it's got a lot. It goes against I what forget what to. it was. I know, but I'm saying I think that it's like this first issue is like a lot of pages. But yeah, it should go back to the normal deal. It'll be the idea, though. Are they going to go back to twice a month? Because he ended up having Joshua Williamson. They only went to once a month at that point because he kind of got there late, and they decided to kind of do this. They may go back to twice a month with it. Hey, Eric, you're into the toys in the DC comics. What do you think of the McFarlane line of DC action figures? I have so many McFarlane DC universe, like, you know, multiverse characters here. And I have so many on pre-order. The thing is, they just put out a big old, like, you know, showing of, like, what they're coming out with going forward. And, like, I was telling Jim before we even got on today with the, like, and here's the, like, raw, like, the, um, the, the police is another infected Batman. I'm trying to figure and remember what it is now. No, I don't need anything infected. You had infected. a, uh, you I, had I, a uh, Duke Thomas deal. You had from a the... Tales from the Dark Multiverse Duke Thomas, which is the final night. So it's essentially just another Batman, but it's the, it says Duke Thomas. I'm like, you give me a regular Duke Thomas, the signal. Give me something. Don't give me a Tales from the Dark Multiverse, you know, Batman version of Duke Thomas. That's nonsense. Whatever you do that, I am not going to buy it. Just give me the regular characters. And if maybe I'll even grab some of the Injustice 2 characters just because you don't have them normally. But like, honestly, we're doing so much of that now where we're even doing a build-a-figure of a Joker dragon from Dark Knight's Metal and stuff like, I don't want any metal, any dark multiverse, any of this nonsense. Just give me regular characters that I can recognize as characters that I love. Exactly. I mean, you say that, Eric, this is boys toys. Oh, my God, Eric. Oh, jeez. Yes! Say the cute. So think they're sexy. I think that's weird. Because we're talking about toys. Don't call them dolls. The action figures, I only play with stuff that's meant for boys. We're talking boys' toys. They ain't no girls' toys. <laughs> yes, Eric, I always want to jump at an opportunity to play Just start that. it with that. Not wait till I'm done and then do it. No, because he's still got more to go. Okay. Are you the type of toy collector who keeps everything in its original box unopened and never Absolutely not. Played I need to with, play with it until these toys are sold in someone else's collection? Or... Are you the type of the grown man who is a party of one mock battles between figures with your own pattern and voices for each character? And I mean, I really, haven't you been listening? Yeah, yeah, it, it, I know little, J-Man's been listening. It's he a little column this. A, column B, because while my desk right now that I'm recording from has figures surrounding it, and off to the left, there's even more figures. I got a General Zado Amigo figure that's still in its packaging right here, and all around the walls above my desk, going up around a J- JLA, you know, poster that's framed, stuff like that. I do have, like, JLA steel things still in its packaging, uh, Impulse, a Connor Hawk Green Arrow, a Mad Hatter, Superboy, Superman, Huntress, and a Metallo that just kind of, like, you know, are hanging on the walls in their packaging surrounding that. So it's a little uh, mixed bag of how I do it, but usually 
I like to play with my toys. Grow up, Eric. Seriously, holy you don't moly. even know what you poured in your coffee holy earlier. Moly, yeah, that's you're just talking stupidity. about your pillow stinks because it's dirty. I'm like wash it, no, Jim. No, I just Grow said up. I no, I lost one of my pillows. No, I had you two lost pillows. The other one I need it. Yeah, no, I said it stinks that I don't know where it is. One's I don't know. missing. I only have one pillow. I usually have two. The one is missing. Or Look are you? It. That's I did. I can't find it. I don't know what happened. Or are you the self-proclaimed comic culture geek who has his own work area, bedroom, or special room uh, decorated at home, wall to wall with perfectly posed action figures that never leave their spot? You're definitely not that. You know I've, heard, I've heard half of them get involved in the podcast. Well, that's part. the thing is, you were just knocking stuff over five minutes I'm ago. Born. No, I ended up kicking then almost. The whole desk almost went down. That's why I ended up like, holy crap, I lost. What are you like, kicking your feet like a little kid? Back I, and no, forth I ended record? up moving my deal and the one the one leg of the table just flew off. It ended up going off and I'm like, oh crap, what's going no, on the thing here? Is, I, I will have a spot where I like to put them because I like to look at them if I work on different things. I have a different spot outside in the living room where I have like, uh, you know, posters all framed up of different DC comic stuff and just League and even like, you know, Secret Society members and stuff. But I will eventually, like, you know, take stuff down. Like, I have some, like, uh, crime syndicate figures over here to the right of me. I'm like, well, I want to play some crime syndicate figures right now. So I'll pull them out of the Damian Wayne next to me over here. So it's pretty much, I am all of those things at once. But any given time, I could, whatever whim I'm under, I will do something different. Yeah. And he ends up then saying, you always talk about smoking like a badass. Do you even smoke? I know that that is a yes for Eric, yes, right? Yes, I do. Uh, I smoked yes. way too much last night in the cold because I had a few too many drinks in the bar. Yeah, that's for Eric. Messed up my fucking throat all day. I don't, I don't smoke, Eric. I never have, never will. And I, I'm cool. a good boy. I'm a good boy, Witch. Have you guys checked out Peacemaker TV series on HBO? Both of us have. We both have like you finished it. it. Yeah, I'm done. I okay. ended up watching that. I, it was cool. Once I heard that John Cena's big fan of BTS, I mean, how could I not? Then everybody also going, they joked about the Black King. And I'm like, this is going to be line. awesome. It's just one line, and it's yeah. almost like, it, I it don't know what this like is. A, yes, a little, yeah. But with that, yeah, I watched it. I thought it was I really good. I liked yeah. it. I had fun with it. Uh, well, Jim, I guess you were right about bad idea being done. Yes, as always, I was right. Eric, I still have high hopes for the Valiant universe to make a comeback from its current overall horrible run of bad comic books. Now, with that, they had just announced this week, I believe, that Clune Brad, they're going to do a Valiant book. So maybe that won't happen. It made me laugh when I saw that. <laughs> Across all the comic book publishers, Shadow Man is currently my favorite series to read every month in single issues. And I hear they're coming out with a Book of Shadow series written by Cullen Bunn featuring Shadow Man and his amazing friends. Eric, you like that, Shadow Man? You big fan? I've never read an issue in my no, life. I haven't either. Maybe DC should hire Cullen Bunn to bring Justice League Dark back to the level it was when Jeff Lemire was writing it. Just don't put him on Aquaman, right, Eric? No, the thing is, I heard, I heard somebody talking about Cullen Bunn's Aquaman run back in the DCYU era like the other week, and I just thought to myself, that fool shit was really bad. Was he didn't know awful. what to do with nope. Aquaman. And it seems like weird because he almost wanted to make it this weird, he magical, to make a dark version. Deal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what he does. He, at that point in time, he only worked on villain characters. Like, you like this Lobo and I like this Sinestro a lot, but that Aquaman fell flat. And here's the thing. What reminds me of that is you're going to have... Remember when he Siren and then oh, never yeah. talked to Mera about yeah. it? Yeah, that was trouble. And then people were yelling at you. I loved when people were yelling at you. But we do have to say that Colin Bunn then got pissed. And he dropped, he blocked a lot of people, but didn't block old Eric Shea. Because sure he wasn't faking the funk. But you end up, I feel that same thing going because you have that announcement of an Aquaman book by Ram V, who likes to do horror. The, the horror stuff. Yeah. And I'm afraid that that That's might end up book. being that. Yeah. So he also says, it's also or, Black Label. 
bring Jeff Lemire back to write JLD. You cannot do that. He is exclusive now he's to Image. Gone. He sent a or signed an exclusive deal, so he's not going to be doing anything. Everything that ends up tying up with you know his swamping because he says he's writing an amazing swamping black label series so far. Green Once that's done, it's done. Yeah, and then. He's gone Old from man DC. Constantine. And he says, wouldn't it be funny if Cyborg was the only original Justice League member left alive? He could train all the new uh, JL replacements. Still someone in the DC universe who remembers DC's original continuity or continuities reminds Cyborg that he was never an original member of the League. And that was something where when he became that, it did make him grow up a bit. You know, it he did. ended up Teen Titans and go with that. But with that. Well, the that, thing is, it made him grow up outside because it did DC, like, you know, 52 continuity where that was his origin as well. He was never a Teen Titan until later on when things started, you know, reverting back to the old continuity. But in the timeline, as everything matters, the new 52 did happen. It just, you know, that Victor Stone has a further continuity that goes with the Teen Titans into that where he did eventually graduate to become a JLA member. And so some of the things going on, I, uh, J-Man will go and, and say some things about, you know, some of these legacy characters and your characters taking roles and things like that. I had read some things today and even had put it in the Slack chat about the idea where it does look. And I, I we kind of talked about this before, and I thought that this is how they're going to play. The death of the Justice League and the Dark Crisis stuff, that isn't going to be taking place in the current timing of our timeline right now. It's going to be probably the furthest point of this current continuity. It's in continuity. Like dark side wars were like the deal. Wars. And that's also, they did this with, tried to do it with Doomsday Clock, and they tried to do it, or did do it with Metal. When we ended up having that Justice League book, where I remember when Scott Snyder really said, that's the furthest part of the current timeline and things like that. So when we go after the death of the Justice League, it's not going to play out as much in the solo books, the Batman, the Wonder Woman, the Flash, while that's going. They will eventually catch up and you'll have individual and separate one-shot tie-ins and things like that of those characters. That will be like Batman, Cole, and Dark Crisis and things to deal with. Because even when so. the Doomsday Clock was coming out, the original plan was that it's going to start coming out. And by the end of those 12 issues, the other books would start tying into it. Yeah, and they and when you ended up, what they were going to do was... It didn't work out that, that way, but that was issue, the original plan. That 12th <laughs> issue, when that ends, all the books would have been caught up to that. They'll have a time jump, boom, and then you go into this new continuity. And it didn't work out because of all the delays. So that's and what they're doing. I, death metal I know territory. this gets a little convoluted and things like that but you even have people saying like you're not gonna hire chip sadarsky to do batman for him to come and have no batman exactly. so you're gonna have these creators flash wonder woman all or these even have going. the idea like all right chip sadarsky you're coming on to do batman we're gonna get everybody excited but everything that we need you to write is not what you want to write it's not right what now. you want to write so he's and he even said what his story is going to be and it, it seems pretty cool so don't Get too caught up with the idea of who's going to replace the Justice League. When you do end up having something like that, it'll be during the event. Yeah. And that happens all the time. And I mean, you have all these events that happen and things like that. But I don't know. I think that things will just reset and get back to what we would normally have. Because then again, you'd have Chip Zdarsky who gets hired and has six issues of his run. And then all of a sudden he's told to not write that. I think that we'll just get back to the normal characters, but maybe have more books. Because all the other well. books can still be going on doing their own thing, even after like a post, you know, Death of the Just League or whatever Dark Crisis is going to do with that situation, you can still have a Just League book that takes up for the new generation that wants to take on the mantle. Yeah, I of don't that think team. that they want to have that. It, it almost seems like when they were playing it up, they said that the Just League's going to be gone for a while, and then kind of wink, wink, when it comes back, it'll be the the standard team or whatnot. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, five trends he doesn't want to continue in twenty twenty two are the 
one fill in the blank character fill in the blank related colors it's like the superman red white and blue or the wonder woman gold yeah, i don't care for those books. yeah we kind of have gotten to the point where we don't even bother with them because they're just you know, side little, anthology, little anthology and, tales that don't feel like they're completely finished, and that's the gimmick. Like we're not, we're not completely finished. I'm like I don't need that. And then you're also getting, you know, a lot of times some side writers. It could be cool to see what they have or whatnot, but in the long run, not when I'm enjoying action comics and Superman as much as I am. I don't need those other ones that don't matter. These books always have several stories lacking any character development. You can have character development or current continuity because they are these just thrown in there it's anything's up for grabs and they end up consequential it all it, it always ends up like those things seem like they should just be a one shot get some big names whatnot and do it but by the time you're at the end it's like well what kind of stuff are we dragging up here to get some but development usually one or two halfway decent stories making the issue value well below the cover price number two 80 page or 100 page anniversaries or 50th, 100th issue special. I don't care for those either. Lacking several stories, lack any character development or current. It just feels like they happen so often, though, that, like, it doesn't feel like they're special anymore because of how often they happen. Like, you know, if it came around every now and again, you did something special. But it seems like every month that we have some kind of anniversary or, like, you know, celebration where it's going to be these nonsense things. I wanted to look up something for the Action Comics uh, 1040. And for some reason, I thought it was 1050. And as I'm typing, I'm like, Man, they didn't really go all, you know, all out with this crazy, you know, oh, it was only 40. I know. Like, oh, well. Uh, number three, introducing a new DC series featuring a beloved fan favorite character for the sole purpose of falsely elevating a new character with a similar power set. And that would be more of legacy sort of thing. But I'm trying to think of like a, a real example of that. We just say that overall, it is something that does annoy me that the idea that you can't make a character great. Until you make another character less, and it doesn't ever feel like the greatness is earned as much. Well, it's with like them. we had Gotham Girl just take out Captain Adam yeah, and know like him to yeah, death. It's and not like, a series or anything, sucks. but it is. Yeah, that made no sense. And then you start wondering: Is the character that powerful, or did Tom King just not know what he was doing? Or did we? Know? He just want to use a panel to say how powerful this character was instead of doing character development. And that's the thing: it doesn't give you development with that. Number four: degrading a beloved fan favorite character by making said character act out of character. And he ends up saying like a Wally West with Heroes in Crisis, uh, Flash in Future State, which that's a little different because that was a possible future that was for me for where you going had on that, that going on. And then even says in this making Tim Drake gay, which he is bi, but making and never explaining why he wrote off Stephanie by never having an ongoing series or featuring a regular co-star. And this is the thing about that is we didn't get much more than those two stories. Terrible setup. And it was, but. I think that that was something that DC wanted to do, but yet they're not giving the gumption the to thing. let's do a miniseries. I, I'm and okay you with had them a doing it, but you'd have, you threw away 20 years of a relationship out of off-panel to go do this new thing that never felt fully thought out just to say you did it. Like, if he wants to be by it, that's fine. I want to see the story of him, like, you know, dealing with this, you know, emotional problem that no, he's going I, through I think to that find maybe, who he truly is. Maybe it was the setup to maybe get that, but we haven't heard anything of it continuing, except, again, it had that little bit continuing on the batman urban legends that we already got but that didn't even feel like both of the stories and the things did feel a little incomplete and it's funny and because that, you know previously when they were together like tim's gonna go off to college and he's a prodigy he might not be exactly 18 years old when they drive off he's a little bit younger but 
you know, we have him at the last before when they were still together. He's going to go to Ivy Town University. He didn't work out, but now we see him where he is now. Like, Steph and him have broken up, and Steph and Batgirl acts like she's 14 years old. I'm like, I don't understand what this yeah. relationship was anyway. Yeah, and that's, I mean, again, it was all over the place in a lot of different things. Bendis' stuff was all over the place with that as well, and you, you can never really get your thumb on what was going on. Then he also says uh, he thinks the same thing with John. That, it, but I think that John, there's been a little more. But now again, Bendis did it in a way to force the Legion of Superheroes stuff like that. But I think Tom Taylor and some other people have picked that up and have been doing a little more character work with that. And that Trying is to. that's a little different deal. I mean, the idea of him kind of aging in a volcano and stuff like that, you're you're kind of deal with the that, heavy but, points so because they don't want to deal with the emotional trauma that he went through for seven years as a prisoner on Earth that's like, what they right, need, we're gonna, right? We're going to go right past that whole thing and say, oh, yeah, he's a well-rounded Superman. Right, yeah, I, I think I that it's almost at the point where if you do go back to that, it'd be cool. We want to see that. But I guess that the it's almost like saying the idea of Chip Zdarsky on Batman, hey, but you're going to have to write that. Some of these people might think like, yeah, that's come and gone, and it wasn't really my story of that but it, part. But if you that write was it and you make deal. it, it's a defining chapter of the character that you always be remembered for. Yeah, maybe. I don't know that people would, because people still hate it. And so you're going to write something for then something that people hate. make them love it, hate. Jim. Give them the reason know. to love it. I think that you're starting to love this stuff in the Superman Son of Kal-El. So I think he, Tom Taylor's doing a good enough job of just progressing with that and going uh, and showing you what a John Kent as a uh, you know Superman would be. Then he says, number five, given creators books and in some way speak to their minority group. And I, I don't have any problem with this, actually. It's it's kind of a surface level thing that we can go. Does a book about a transgender lesbian character need to be written by drawn by a transgender lesbian or handicapped person? He goes, but uh, do all the Chinese characters in the DC universe have to be written by Gene Luen Yang or Mariko Tamaki? And well, no. I'm not saying that. And it's not. And that's he says, I'm not saying that these creators cannot work on other characters. But other characters should get the chance to work on these minority characters just as often. And I even said you have things coming out now that show you that that still does happen. I mean, you end up Wonder Girl is created and written by Joelle Jones. And people are upset saying that they should have somebody who knows a little more about the Brazilian culture writing her because she kind of got some things messed up. And that's where I think when you look at it in a bad sort of way and say, oh, my God. But the idea that some characters and I think that characters like a new Superman. Uh, when Gina Wen's writing it, he used the culture of the you know new Superman as a big part of that book, and I would rather have somebody who's more in tune with that. But as you go forward, we well, often see with, these you know, characters end up being written by other people down the line. Once even you get the that I base, am Batman though, John Ridley, he really wants to show you the idea that Jace wants to talk about the idea of being a black man in America and what that's like. If a white guy wrote that, it'd be really fucked up. Yeah, and even though, and I'm saying. I wouldn't be able to get that. Even if I tried, I'm not going to get that black experience that he knows. And I think that it's even more than that because John Ridley is writing it not just that, but he's also writing it of a guy with the black experience as somebody who is also rich as hell and trying to deal with that and also being, you know, kind of privileged and being able to get out of a crime because of how rich they were and his father and stuff. And I think that that's a real big part. And that's the thing. You want to have characters that have unique characteristics and things like that, but you also want to get it right. And so you could go on. I mean, I'm telling you, this is like a, you know, you're going on thin ice talking about this at any point. It's kind of a hot topic type deal. I don't mean the story, Eric, which I know you love. But the idea of this is 
it, it is a way to get some people who wouldn't have an opportunity into the door that they normally wouldn't. And you almost get to the point where you think of it's one of those of like the idea that they're not getting the benefit of it. They're actually it's now equal. But what I do think that when you do get some people into and whether they get in the door anyway, if they're bad, they shouldn't continue. But if they're good, they should go on any other book or whatnot. And I just think that if a character is based a lot on the culture or even just anything, sexuality and things like that, as long as it's done well, I'd rather have it from that deal as a plus that they would know a little more about it. Because I don't think that that new Superman, if I wrote it, I wouldn't have been down in as good as what Gene Luen Yang wrote. And he's really good, though. But he's done so much. You said even. You're talking about Gene Luen Yang in this. He's just done a Batman Superman book. He also did the Superman versus the Klan. Like, he's Mashes. done other things. He ends up saying... The Terrifics. Yeah, yeah, the Terrifics. He's been on a bunch. And he says, why can't he write Batman, Superman, or Wonder Woman, or Justice League? But did it. he has. He's done a bunch of those. And he's instead of Monkey Prince and the new Superman, the Justice League of China. Now, you also have to pull back here. Because we don't, I don't Didn't know Gene Wang Lang do uh, the, the uh, I think it was Action Comics during the DCY. Yeah, as he well. did Action Comics, but again, that remember it was the God Wrestling sure stuff was. that we hated. But the idea of this is we don't. I don't know Gene Wang Yang. He gave us a shout out once, which was nice. Oh, yeah. With all of this said and done, who knows what Gene Wang Yang himself wants to write? If John Ridley decided to leave, I am Batman. Would DC have an issue with Gene Luen Yang and Mariko Tamaki taking up the writing duties on the series for the long term? Now, with that, here's the thing. Like I said, you end up having John Ridley set the basis of this, and, and he's doing a really good job of it. But if he ended up leaving, that's a weird deal because this is kind of his character, and I don't know how they would continue or whatnot, but I'm sure that they would get whoever. I, I don't know. But Gene Wan Yang is a good writer. I think that they would have write a bunch of different things. I do think that it's a good thing to get more and more people in and to get things right that way. Like me and Eric said, we wouldn't be able to write some of these characters very sure. well. Uh, and even if I did say that I would take over John Ridley's, you know, Batman, I'd, I'd go to John Ridley and ask him, if, hey, are you cool with me doing it? But also I may want his number to call him and ask him and things and kind of rely on him. But. Okay, now that I have not totally made my point clear on item five and rambled on for too far, I did too. I, I don't know. I'll stop ranting. Good. Keep up the good work, and I'll see you in seven. J-Men from Half Moon Day. And that's Thank the you, end of the mail. And yeah, again, I like to see some new writers. Eric even said a lot of those anthologies, which you're not down with as much, you enjoy because you get to see new people and new things, and you, you could find a, a gem. In the works from a lot of Sometimes. these different things By giving people some better opportunities Though with all this going down So with that we're going to go finish up The podcast with two books Well he stares into the mirror Moosing up his hair Blows kisses to himself And he really thinks that tear is tear Well that's just every shake Looking for a star screen Or maybe a hot cap Spends all his money buying All that crap Oh, yes, sir. That's a little boys' toys talk, right? Here we No, we won't hit that. We're going to continue and finish up with two books here. Two stellar, stellar books. We're going to start with Harley Quinn, number 12, written by Stephanie Phillips, with art by Riley Rosmel, Ivan Placencia, and, and World Design. And this ends up tying up a bunch of things 
that you'd had kind of scattered in this Harley book with Keepsake and this, you know, team that he ended up bringing about Kevin, all these things. And what a lot of reviewers were saying was like the greatest thing ever, that they really thought that the way this plays out was really well done. I didn't find how it well done at out. all myself. And just all of this, how it ties up everything the series is about to get forward with this new uh, deal with this because this whole thing with villain. verdict you know the idea that we have a new villain coming in to take over for keepsake here to keep the story of harley quinn going the idea that we knew that keepsake was ki- almost killed by hugo strange verdict found his body after the, he fell off the bridge and she was shot verdict healed him back to health and said all right now i need you to take out harley quinn and give her a choice and stuff like that this continuation feels like nothing because Harley Quinn overcomes, you know, Keepsake and his train experiment, and Verdict shows up and murders Keepsake. I never should have kept you alive. I'm like, why did we keep him alive? Then because nobody liked Keepsake, and you bringing him back to life for this one little journey with Harley Quinn just to kill him means nothing. Yeah, it seemed like the you know the idea of Keepsake and being part of this all this deal. This was supposed to explain like why we hadn't seen him before, whatnot, and it just it fell flat for me. They're, they're too tense this and there's not a lot of tens this week but two for this book which is insane to me because you end up really fudging everything just to get to an end to have verdict being this villain that i don't know that i care about or whatnot and i i did think the idea of setting up this deal with kevin could have had some emotional impact things like that but you end up just joking it up and we said that we liked how stephanie phillips was writing harley in a point where it was kind of a, a combination of all our different things and going on with that. And I just felt like this was just, let's just get out of all this stuff quickly and let's just fudge it all. The idea of the train where she just kind of bats it and hits it and then goes underneath. You have this timer that really never played out well. Anyway, just to have this train blow up and jump the track, it looks like well, Kevin's what is on fire. Not only that, we have Kevin on a track that seems to be one of those wooden bridges that trains go over and stuff like that always just looks sketches shit to me. But when we have this going on, the, the art doesn't even feel like it fits in with what we're doing. The art's really because off you, you have here, the front right? of the train, which I don't know what that's called, The en- just maybe this the engine. That That is the only thing on there. Underneath the engine, you have Harley Quinn trying to get underneath there because the bomb is underneath there. When she's going, she only has a few seconds left. She detonates the bomb, somehow gets off it, but when the, the freaking train detonates right in front of Kevin, there's a shit ton of freaking like cars that are attached yeah, to she it. She actually unattaches those cars I, at the I, beginning I don't know and what then they're on there again. Because she says, I got to get rid of these and we'll just have that. Because I thought it was wonky. just one, like, you know, the engine it of was. it. Because I, she I didn't think that. she took the rest off. I thought they just was nothing there. No, she ended up taking them. That's where she ends up kicking the one lever and it goes. And then she says, here I am. And you end up seeing her go out the back of the engine car there where there's nothing behind yes. her. She's actually going to go underneath. And then when it blows up, the whole train's there. Now, also, we made the joke last issue. With the idea of why do we have pumpkin head robots? It was never mentioned. All of a sudden it's mentioned here because I think now that stuff, it's almost like that Marvel way, but a, a month late where now she realizes, oh, you're drawing them like that. I'm going to mention My it like pumpkin six head times. Army. Never, it never made sense anyway. But now all of a sudden you can't get away what from Jim them saying the that when we didn't have that should have been all. actually about. Exactly. I'm like, look at this. It's sleepy hollow <laughs> it is. But yeah, so you end up having this and the, that's the weird thing. When we liked it, when this first started, we did like it. And we grew to like Riley Rossmo's art. It was doing here, yeah. It felt like it 
fit in this book and the way they were going back. And it seemed like they were on the same page there, you know, kind of a pun, but whatnot. But with that, I think that they are so not involved with the like it, nothing feels right. The art feels wonky at points. And the overall story now has just evolved into Harley being crazy Harley and just saying things and then kind of getting a story progressing from that with the main overall deal. It still wants to have that heart of Harley's there to help the, you know, the people who don't get a second chance or the people who haven't been able to raise up, you know, from things like a Kevin, which we really liked, or even like a, a Solomon Grundy. But even he just comes in out of nowhere then in a way to just stop things. And then you have to have a little note about the Arkham city. Like, Everything felt weird, and then you end up having Keepsake's weird team that you never liked. Well, the thing is, I'm, trying to, I, I, I'm even looking it up leave, because right? I never remember what it is. The Caucus of Calamity, was that what it was called? Now they go, we're now the Caucus of Kicking Keepsake's Well, the feet. thing is, in the previous issue, we know that the character that he called Blaine, which was his Bane kind of ripoff for his thing, she found out that Harley was going to go meet Keepsake because Keepsake had kidnapped Kevin, which led to her all-train debacle. So Blaine, she's, she's all she wants is to kick Keepsake's ass, and she gets the rest of the people that were brainwashed being his caucus of calamity in on it as well. Not all of them, but some of them. So they go and they meet King Keepsake to go and kick his ass. Later on, when everything is said and done, there's Kevin like, look, you have it all, Harley. You're like, the people accept you now. You have a group of people who will lay down their lives to protect you. I'm like, no, no, they didn't come because of Harley. They came for their own personal need to kick Keepsake's ass for their own personal revenge. I love the idea because I do love Harley. I really do. I love punchline too, I hear. But I love Harley and I love when somebody does something with Harley that does show. I always make that, that line and say she's a character, not a caricature and things like that. But you're getting back to her being a character. You're getting back because like you said, you're just forcing the idea. I love the idea of Harley trying to be good. She can't quite People get it because she's always going to do it the Harley way. And they even have that in here, but you never really see it play out. And then you have this caucus who's there and Kevin wants to play it off. Who, and they, and they just destroy these robots left and right. So we're done with those robots. We're done with Keepsake. They meant nothing exactly. anyway, right? Let's move on. Back to a status quo. And and so half of this, though, we play off the idea of the pumpkin heads and things like that to that at the end. You want to get this story thinking that the setup was that Harley thinks that she's not good enough, but boy, she has really made some friends along the way, you know, and, and people have been inspired by her, which we did get at points. But when you do it at the end like this and just almost have everything thrown in, in a way that makes it feel like Stephanie Phillips just said, listen, up until now has been bullshit. I want a, a clean sweep. And honestly, it's what they need. That's what it felt like. That's what it felt like. And so, with that, hopefully from here on out, I don't know if you like Verdict as no, a character. I, I don't know enough about Verdict at this point in time to place judgment on her. You see at the beginning, even in a confused way, only because we haven't known anything, it looks like Verdict ends up going and killing this guy who did get off on a technicality of, you know, a, a kidnapping and killing a kid. I don't and then even understand. A, the thing is. A scooper to get th- his eye out. This whole thing, like a bu- dead body was found today of a man who was convicted of doing this terrible things and then got off on a technicality. But then he's like, we found his body today. But also, I guess Verdict used an ice cream scoop to freaking scoop out his eyeball and left it on the victim's doorstep. I'm like, is this a t- mean that the family is on? I'm like, I don't know why you would go and do that and terrorize the family more with this. Because it almost seems like a threat. I th- but it does. But I think the play is, look, I took care of him. You know, write me a, send me a card. You know, yeah, it's like, in a weird, wonky better. way, I almost get this idea that now we're going to get the trope of 
Here's Verdict, who wants to do the right Placing thing, but like Harley is going to do it the wrong way. And this is going to be, I, I don't need that. I really, by the end of this, Keepsake was terrible. Terrible. And even during the fear statement into this and all this stuff, and, and the way that it ends is just completely I don't like just, Hugo Strange. Hugo Strange is way better than Keepsake. I don't know why you pushed Hugo Strange away to make Keepsake the big bad of this whole thing, because Hugo was way more interesting with what he was doing with the same Maybe program. because by the end of this, you can just kill him because nobody cares. And we did. And yeah, and so you end up with that weird oh, poor deal Eli. of yeah, I know, and he's like, "Oh my god, it was Hugo, it was Hugo, it was Hugo," when it really was verdict and things like that. But by the end, it does feel like like the 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 heart of it. I think that stuff. She wants to have this idea. Like, I like the idea, but it's really gotten wonky, and this really just felt like, yeah, let's just skip all this and get out of here. And really, there's not much more. To really talk about unfortunately keepsake the verdict is in and you've been found severely lacking and then the whole thing is we just have verdict shoot him in the face at that point so it's like okay keepsake is dead verdict is up next we have you know a possibly a, a gang of harleys you know like going back to roll yeah, that's what again, it felt like with what we have this caucus of calamity but we also i hope they just go away because they got the revenge on keepsake and uh, but, you know, these are former Joker like goons and stuff like that who are trying to get over it. And Harley might still be helping them in our therapy kind of sessions. But I just want to get back to the idea of Harley, Kevin, Solomon Grundy and Kevin's girlfriend now. That Kevin's she's girlfriend. And so when you have this deal, the big thing that you want is Kevin. And it just ends up like, well, I saved Kevin because we don't want him to die in this. But like everything just felt like you could see the reason for it. And it didn't play out like a story. It just played out as. We're going to get rid of Keepsake. We'll do this. We might end up having the caucus still there. And yeah, yeah, keep going. Come on, Blake. My name's Ann. I'm like, we get it. We get it. Let's go. I'm still calling her Blaine. Maybe I'm a piece of shit, too. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, yeah, and then when they leave, you end up like, oh, my God, is she going to kill Keepsake? She doesn't. But then all of a sudden, just the building's coming down, and I'm not going to save them either. And they just go out, and neither does Harley. They skedaddle out. And then he is dug up by verdict or just shoots them and you're like really like what did this do we are cleaning up it our toys tens? we've put things away and we're just getting ready for the next like you know straightforward basic harley thing to get best back to like a story that like it felt like we were doing pre-fear state and that's what all this really feels like you know keeps like sweep them under the rug put them away in the toy box and just straight up murder his ass and we're just moving forward with what this story should have been might have should have been if fear state never happened the weird, funny thing about it is when you read this, it really feels like somebody whose like, book has been canceled at the last second. They have to quickly throw in some things to tie up stuff. But this isn't canceled. It's going to continue. And I'm like, oh, man. Like, really? So with that, it better hit hard next. It better hit. Once Fear Stay started, this book fell apart for both you and me. We were liking what we were getting previously. Like, that. like Harley sitting down in the sewer having a heart-to-heart with Solomon Grundy, who actually gets her amazing stuff we looked past riley ross art, which he didn't like because we felt that it fit with the way that the story's yeah, being fit. told but everything that we've gotten since first day hit kevin has not been and exactly i hated kevin to begin with he grew on me just like that big goiter neck grew on him i like these characters i care about them i want this to be good again but right now this seems like the last like hurrah of shittiness that doesn't want to go it away does. but hopefully will <laughs> i hope and it's weird because this issue, while it does have, you know, hey, Harley, you saved me. I'm Kevin. You saved me. Am I goiter, right? Yet it has everything that we didn't care about, like the over-the-top action and the, the crazy deal. Like it really took all that out to just do this, like a big action scene. Like it's see, because the, the sales have gone down 
And maybe they have a mixed idea of what was big in this book and what people want because we were really, really enjoying the talking and the the connections that she was having with Kevin and things like that. Not keepsake, not the caucus. Those things were kind of always just eye-rolling. And so maybe, like you said, you get rid of those. And I think the art and the story don't connect very well here. And this might be like this is back to when I don't like Riley Rossmo because at points it gets confusing. It's not even only Riley Rossmo. The story just feels ill-conceived to begin with. This whole train experiment, which we quickly get over with because it doesn't matter to move to this next part, which doesn't matter to end things to find hopefully next month get back to something that actually does matter. And so with that, if you did enjoy... The stuff, and really, maybe the whole problem is not stuff. Maybe it was Fear State coming in, and this whole keepsake being thrown in the book really threw things off. This really feels like it's like almost like a rebirth will come next issue where we'll get back so to hoping. the good stuff and going. I am as well, but what would you give this? Four out of ten. Yeah, I'm a three. Three out of ten. It's just not good, and really did just make me roll my eyes and go, really? Oh, the fifth. Pumpkinhead, pumpkin. I'm like, you didn't say anything last issue. Now all of a sudden, but we you're did. going hard and heavy. Yeah, we did. So I, I thought that was funny. But what are we going to continue with there? Teen Titans Academy number 12, written by Tim Sheridan with art by Tom Derenek, Rafa Sandoval, and Rob Lee. And just remember those creative teams on the art because that is the best thing that's going to be coming out of this Teen Titans Academy book that is right there. It's going to tell you. Red X revealed. Not like the last time it did it where it didn't reveal it. This time you actually will reveal who Red X is. And the thing is, if you are still sticking around with Teen Titans Academy, when it is revealed, you won't give a shit because it's Brick Petrioso, the character that we all thought would be the red-haired kid with the EMP powers. But what does that really mean? Because we're also revealed in this issue that there's another Red X, the mentor of Brick, the third Red X that we had going on here. And he's the one that really hates the Teen Titans, wanted to use Brick as a way to get in there to take down the Teen Titans, but also he's a bad guy, so he's using Brick. Doesn't give a shit about him. But when we have all of these Red X appearances throughout the series, is it always Brick that it is, or is it this other guy who seems way more capable and has... Because even like in the last issue, when we brought down Titan's Tower with that lightning bolt that charged up the Rock of Eternity, that's not one of Brick's powers. Who did that? Why did this happen? Even the idea that Amanda Waller's like, oh my god, this person has Batman-level intellect. We can't fuck with this person. I'm like, were you talking about Brick or this other guy? Yeah, and also at one point you even had the faculty say, oh, we know who, right? Yeah. Which one? And even then, when you end up having this, they do spell it like, when he comes out and he says Dicky Boy, which made me roll my eyes, but the idea where they say, that's the second Red Axe, a criminal who many years ago stole the identity from Mr. Nightwing. Brick's actually the fourth Red Axe. Oh, for it's some reason, I thought it was place. the idea because there was the, the Red Axe in the ca- cartoon that was the second one after Dick was, and I assumed that, that was the, this was the one after that for how we had yeah, it's weird. the it's background the in, second. That, in that, um, that yearbook special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird, though, when they say this is the second one that's stolen, so then this uh, Brick's the fourth. But even with this, and I thought of you right away. When I'm reading, which I do a lot, Eric, I like you run through my mind so much that you're probably tired. But the idea where in a book, I know this is a trigger of yours. When you end up having characters in a book and Tim Sheridan does it a lot of making fun of his own story where they're like, God oh, damn, my I God, it's brick. I can't believe it. I really? am shocked. Like, really? <laughs> like, it, it, no, he That's keeps thing doing is, this. We have talked about the entire time. The only person because the thing is. We only said that the only person it could be is Brick, but we didn't think it should be Brick because it was, seemed like it was too on the, the nose with yeah. what we had going on. So the idea when Stitch comes out here, Brick, I'm shocked. And Brack goes like, really? And then Stitch replies, nah. And I'm like, 
stop it right now. And then, and then your big soap opera reaction to this whole thing, like, Brick, why would you? And then he looks at Nightwing and he's like, hello, dad. And the idea hello, that, daddy. that Brick's entire motivation to take down Nightwing and the Teen Titans is because he believes that Nightwing is his father who abandoned him all those years ago, even though Nightwing doesn't look to be much older than Brick. He, he is, but like, he doesn't appear. But this whole thing is like, oh no, Brick, we, we took everybody's blood set when we came in. I'm not your father. I don't know who your father is. And it's just, there's the other red X shows of, yeah, I lied about that. I don't give a shit about you, boy. Yeah, I just want to ask you, when they ended up saying, because we did have the faculty say, listen, we already know who Red X is, you would think that they thought it was Brick, right? Uh-huh. That they were going with that. I don't Why know. wouldn't they have stopped that then? He might have lived. I mean, the idea of this, where they know, just, though, what are they playing thinking games about this, or if they, Did they think it was this original Red Well, if they thought it was the original, original the second deal, know. then they should have done more to stop him at that point. But you also had this idea where Red X had to have changed size, changed all these things going where you have a kid and then a grown, uh, grown ass man going, or at least what we think. And so none of this makes sense. And the idea where Tim Sheridan and his wacko mind of his, you know, this fucking awful story, which he, he basically people are even saying, well, we really got a lot of the, the kids and stuff. No, we didn't. These characters are interesting. We never did anything with them. And so when you have this all going down, he really thought, that when you end up wanting to know Red X and that the idea of the swerve was, oh, it's Brick. Oh, we knew that. Oh, no, the real swerve. It's another guy who just skedaddles and we don't know. who. How would he think that that's going to be anything satisfying to anybody reading this book? It's a slap in the face. Well, is even what this when you was. have the situation when the, the second Red X shows up who's been manipulating Brick this whole time and you have a Jay and Silent Bob joke going on, Kevin Smith style, where, oh, my God, who is this now? And then there's... You know, freaking um, Su- uh, Megabat, who is who's been mute this entire time, has never uttered a word. He's like, "That's the second Red X, a criminal who many years ago stole the identity from Mister Nightwing." Brick's actually the fourth Red X, which the Bat Pack found out the night he tried to recruit us. And then there's the, like, you know, uh, Diego. Oh my God, Lucas, do you ever shut up? Yeah. Fuck you. Fuck you. It's just a joke making fun of your own things without ever telling a story. You have made him Silent Bob. That's all it is. It's Jay and Silent Bob, but he makes it seem like the story is so great that now he can just joke around and have fun. But that's what he's been doing the whole time without telling a story. Yeah, because I think he thinks it's good. It's terrible. This book, you end up, and even at points, when you have this going on, you have, you know, the real Red Axe, whatever you would say, the second one where... He's like, well, looks like I dissed you there, Brick. I told you lies. I used you. Stabby, stabby, I'm out of here. And then second Red Axe kills Brick Petio, so the fourth Red Axe. So we have a reveal. We never knew anything about the character except that he was angry in the danger room and had EMP powers. That's why his name is Brick, because he can brick things. And now his reveal is there. We stab him. He's dead, and it's over. I'm like, oh, we spent a year doing nothing. Fuck me. I got it now. And then you have Matt, who freaks out Matt and then Price, uses yep. his, his, you know, well, not heat the thing vision is, we, because we, it's not heat, but he we, uses that. The thing from is, what we, we have got a before. character who everybody thinks is Superboy. He has no recollection of who he is. He has amnesia about his past life. It's almost like a Superboy clone situation, but nobody thinks, like, you know, nobody knows who he is. He doesn't know who he is. But they're like, I'm not Superboy. I don't have Superman powers. Here he has heat vision, is like so it looks like some but more it's not Superman. Hot, but it's not. He says, yeah. but uh, who cares? And so then, with all of that, you continue to use where Stitch ended up being one of the characters that was a bit more developed, but 
Stitch turns into Deadpool, ambush bug, just, Agreed. you know, yapping and a yipping. And it doesn't do a anything that gets a annoying. A yapping and a yipping. Both are annoying. One more than what the other. Get off Stitch with all your yapping the and yipping. yipping is the one. But even that at points, like, comes off his jokes as, as Stitch is on the side going, hey, what about? And like, what? And there's a guy dead. And they end up where Nyman goes dead. over and says, Oh man, you know, I'll try to get you help. I ch- but it almost feels like they could have help, but they didn't. Like they were trying to let somebody reveal themselves, whatnot. But it doesn't play out when you think of it overall. Everybody freaks out as they are trying to, as the you know the towers done. All these Tower things collapses. Going on. We have to get people out of there. Night. Uh, They're trying Cyborg to get people out of there. And Beast Boy are trapped in this collapse kind of thing. Cyborg trying to take a brunt of it with his force field, which this is one of those things that seem like it's waiting towards what we saw in the Future State situation, where we had a Beast Boy and a Cyborg who are fused together. So I'm like, I hope that's not the case. Even though they are both hurt here and they're teleported out to try to get help, I hope that somewhere along the way we divert that future because I don't need a beast cyborg. I will fused. mention that two of the books that really, really were going more along the lines of a future state stuff to get to it was this and Suicide, and Suicide Squad. Suicide yeah. Squad, both canceled. Uh-huh. They're both not happening. So I think that that might be a, a little hint of. Yeah, we're not going to be dealing with this stuff. The two Go books that we're leading the most are done. They're going to be canceled. But we have an up. entire like you know crossover going on with that uh, Warp. I know, but it's going to be canceled after uh-huh. that. I'm saying though, but with this though, again, a guy's you know a bunch of people are dead, but right there they just saw Brick die. Yes, and then what you get is just rubble going that, on. There's two kids that were killed before when uh, Red yeah, X and I'm Dane just were saying there. they yeah. just watched Brick die. Yes. You know, he and was so run they're through. there, and so out of nowhere. You get Starfire, who's now going to give the, hey, everybody, you know what? You guys were students. You were behind the apron. Some of them are starting to giggle and smile. Their their classmate just got killed in front of them, and the whole place is nobody like brick. I'm like, look at them all. They have these big smiles on their faces. Yeah, this is great. And I'm like, this book fucking sucks. It's terrible, and it should have been canceled a long time ago. There's no story. It's complicated. Even the idea that we kind of saw Brick buying the Red X mask right before he gets on that somebody ferry. Was, it seemed like somebody was selling it at Who a stand right outside the ferry. It? Or was it the second Red X giving it to him? And it, didn't, or it never played he off that way, though. He ended up paying for it. <laughs> he ended up like, well, hey, I'll get Red this. Red X, like, doesn't get, like, you know, give things away for free. I guess. <laughs> and it felt like that weird deal that it could have been like a recruitment. Like, are you really sure you want this or whatever? But and nothing tired like like you said you could just simply think of one or two things in any part of the story and it won't connect it doesn't connect this reveal ends up just being there and you wasted all this time without really going into like all the red x stuff that was set up here was all bullshit you didn't mean i would have just rather have known these characters in a classroom setting Agreed. watching some of the not just the titans but the teen titans like a roundhouse did you see at the end he's yipping it yapping it up at the end he's smiling but i would have liked to have seen even a crush even a crush before she leaves the book to go on that bullshit mini but i would have liked to have seen them kind of take over that role of being, you know, mentors, but we never got this. Even when you have the reveal of of Brick being Red X, even though we just got done that Dane thing, which is going to ruin Shazam going forward. The whole thing. Well, this book keeps just ruining things, but we have the reveal here. You have Diego, the Chupacabra. He's like, of course, Petrioso means Robin. He must be Nightwing's son. And Stitch is like, that makes no sense. And Bracco's like, and you know that's not his real name, Diego. 
remember? We saw his file from social services when we were investigating Red X. I'm like, how does nobody else know this, though? Because everybody else calls him this. Why wouldn't they have said this? Like, everybody was stupid enough to let this keep going on. He went on. to school with an assumed name, but also had all of his information about who he actually was. I don't understand what That's you're what doing I'm now. That's what I'm saying. The idea that they kept saying, like, now... It's the, like the killer the from Scream showing up in school and just sitting there in the, the ghost face costume. Yeah, like, I wonder there. who that is. And then them not doing anything, and then he goes off and kills any yeah. people. I mean, the idea that they could have easily saved Brick Posley and stopped all this, the Titans, and nothing would have blown up anything if they would have just I don't even know how it blew said up. anything. I don't know. I, I, he used his lightning bolt powers that you've never seen before to charge up the Rock of Eternity, and then it blew up the Titans Tower. I'm like, it shut up. It blew up the tower. Like, what? Like, this is so, like. There are bad stories, but this is just awful. This goes this in the pile of This is awful. Me. And this guy is somewhat, in my mind, being rewarded so he could go up and work with Jeremy Adams and Jeff Johns on that whole Flash you know, Point, Thomas Batman Wayne Beyond. deal, the Flashpoint Beyond deal. I mean, this guy should be get a long pole, wide berth with this guy and anything to do with this universe because he's terrible two books now that shazam book was bullshit sure was nothing quite like this though this ends up where Just like i saying said that black adam was a million over a million years old i'm like you don't even understand dc one million this is where we say what why is he getting to do this shit and sean aldrich who seems to do his you know studying and work and whatever only as a backup this guy should not be doing this. He's terrible and doesn't know what he's doing. And all this bullshit is just, it's bullshit. It really is. The bullshit it's so is bad. bullshit, people. You it's heard the me bullshit here is first. bullshit. Mr. Jim Werner with that. The bullshit is bullshit. Jim Werner. Shit about <laughs> shit and bullshit on bullshit. And I even go with that idea of a foundation. <laughs> a foundation of sand is bad. A foundation of bullshit is worse. And that's what this is. And you never got anything from it. I'm looking at the characters where I know some of them, but I don't know anything about them. And a lot of it was, okay, I remember them doing that and that stupid Gorilla Grodd deal <laughs> with Gorilla oh, Greg yeah, yeah. and New York. And well, there was that, that one moment ended. they wanted to tug at the heartstrings for anybody who cared. Like, oh, my God, I found one of Bolt's, like, you know, uh, like um, yeah, fake legs. legs. I, prosthetic oh my, legs. we got to get her out. Don't worry. I just talked to her. She's out. She's, you know, not here right now. She, and she got has her, blades. Her, her, her blades on. It's good. Don't worry about Bolt. All She's right. alive. But then they're like, let's find the other leg. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's yeah. what you're dealing with? All right. I got nothing else going on right now. It's not like I'm going to go to bed. I love the idea that they're just like, at this point, I'd be like, I got to get the fuck home. This isn't working out. I mean, shit has gone bad. They end up taking him off to a safe house. I'm like, my safe house is my house. I'm going home. I'm done. You, you wish your safe house was your house. I, I, I wish. I also be sitting there like, I, I hope that nobody, I'm, I hope nobody's paying tuition. Uh, at this point, of all the things going on, they must sit there and like, they get together. The kids are at the safe house and they're like, any of you go to class at any? You're like, no, I don't know what the fuck's going on. We're we had school lunch a in couple July. Times, no we had, class. We ended up going on a little field trip with the, uh, mind control people going to New York City. That was us, summer. But what the fuck? That happened in October. I think we saw like one. Yeah, really. We saw like one classroom situation. I think that was in either gym class and then lunch. Yeah, that was gym magic class. I think during the yearbook special, and then in the background we saw a bunch of rowdy kids before class started. The rowdy kids. I mean, you didn't even have the kid tripping and, you know, hey, everybody's cheering and stuff. You know, that embarrassing. It's so Everybody starts bad. clapping. Oh, my God. I mean, this is just – and you had the, the bat pack that they Academy. went heavy with the bat pack. 
but they ended up how long ago when they got that information they're talking about just sat on it we have three issues left and i just want to know what's going on with that h style and those four horsemen i know we took the four the idea that we're going to take the four horsemen because dane has to do it and it's going to be like contained in the rock of eternity but when you saw the outlines where they all looked like former members who are dead former members of the teen titans throughout the years that seems so interesting doesn't seem like we're doing anything. There's three issues left in this book. What are we actually going to do before it's canceled? Here's the deal. There's three issues, but we also are tying in with Into things. that war of Earth in these. Yeah, so what are we going to do? And you know that the last issue is just going to be a bullshit fucking, you know, hey, victory will happen, everyone. Oh, man, we're going to get this back together, and we're going to go to class. Nonsense. The it's kids just, are fine, but I'm also okay if I never, ever see them again. I, it's a and shame. we get real Titan stuff going yeah, forward. Yeah, it's a shame because the kids are fine, but you ended up where, yeah, everybody would rather have a Titans book, a Teen Titans book, but this would have been I'd this still is a missed even opportunity. Have Red Arrow, Kid Flash, crushing Roundhouse, doing stuff because I cared way more about them I than just, any of these I kids. I wanted them to. I wanted this book to be almost like the Robin book, though. I wanted this book to have them progress a little in this idea of being mentors and being in. This and we could have, but we spent too much time with the Red X bullshit. Red X stuff that never. It was bullshit. It was that this was where Tim Sherman thought bullshit, that this everybody. Was, this is like his idea of. Like, even when we said in the, the Bat-Cat book, Tom King, the Phantasm shit was nothing. It was bullshit of bullshit. And so why spend that time? Did, <laughs> it's going to be you think, I'm going to make t-shirts. Did you think the idea Weird that Red the X, like, at bullshit. one point, you have to end up reading the room a little and realize that your bullshit is bullshit <laughs> and realize nobody cares. And, get, and when you end up where this is the reveal, then you really just showed that you didn't have anything. And why wait that long? And the books, I, I just hope that it's not one of those where, listen, we're going to cancel this. Like the idea, like I said, maybe they want to get a little bit away from future state so they can't. But they'll come back and they promise them he'll they, if that's the case. Bullshit on bullshit Because it's nonsense. It's so much nonsense. Uh, I was reading it just getting angrier and angrier, but more in the way of it's, angry it's so that you have to review it. <laughs> And then the idea hey, of making the jokes about your own story. Review. Nobody's like, oh, yeah, I loved your Teen Titans Academy review. Because the problem is nobody's reading that book and nobody cares. Oh, did they? Yeah, there was one person. I wish I could remember who it is. Get was it Rob Lewis? Lewis? Uh, uh, it might have been Rob Lewis. Somebody said spot on review. Yeah, okay. I'm like, I can get it from Rob. I just mean in general, though. It's like, because nobody cares about this, though. Rob Lewis, you're on my list now. <laughs> That's <laughs> Robert of, to you. Here's the, the list of people who have, uh, you know, given Eric props. You know, Rob Lewis, you're on there. That's about it. But still, Eric, I was angry. <laughs> what, what about my review as I was yelling? But bullshit and bullshit. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm going to use that from now on, too. Because oh, it just is just, it is just nonsense. And so by the end, I'm, I'm having a, a laugh at it. But still, reading it, it's just nonsense. But what would I, you... I just want to okay. know when they when we had this weird switcheroo of the, for the second Red X actually showed up at any given time during all of this stuff. Because this guy looks larger than life compared to what... Like, I mean, he is a hulking beast of a man compared to what Brick looks like. Did, was there ever a point that we thought that this was Brick? Because it doesn't make sense to me that that would ever be the case. At one point, we started mentioning the idea that Okay, and this is the weird thing. It was a perspective deal and whatever, because we were saying at one point, it can't be a grown-ass man yeah. because he's kind of there as a student and whatnot, but it did get a little wonky. The stuff with Amanda Waller throws everything off. When were they switching? When were they not? And the idea that, like I said, 
the faculty and the Titans, they seem to have said, we know who Red X is already. That angered us. They're like, well, what are you doing then? Everybody knows who Red X is. They just wait, and then the reveal is, it's Brick. I'm shocked. Really? No, nah. really? Stab. I mean, the idea that no, they're no, there Brick, yipping and yapping <laughs> around about the bullshit on bullshit. The guy, he's dead. I mean, they do seem to take him away that maybe they'll have some wonkiness or he's whatever. Dead. But that deal of also Maybe like he's gonna hold him close as he says his final think, words. Do you think he just no? <laughs> so and then holding him as if it's like chasing on like it's not hitting. Um, where do you get the idea? Who does he think the mother is? Does I, I he think it's Starfire? I, do you think I, because of I the red hair, Mister Nightwing? I'm <laughs> I'm I know Brick. Listen. I know. Don't call me Mister Nightwing. Call me Mister Dick. <laughs> All right, whatever, Daddy. Don't be I, around I just, students. Just the idea, if you want to get me to, like, I go in and he's like, hello, dicky boy. I'm like, I, I'm going to slice somebody. Honestly, the thing was, when it started going to dad thing, I, for some reason, I thought it would be the idea that it's actually Roy Harper's son. And it was like, a, like he thought it was Nightwing. For Remember, somebody, I but thought then it, it turned was out Roy it was Harper at one point. No, it was nothing. And so, yeah, I think that things got changed or something around the way. And almost the idea of we just have to get out of this and it's bullshit. But yeah, this whole idea of like, who do you think it is? But didn't we just have like Roy Harper and the Flash here, like last issue doing stuff, and now they're like nowhere to be seen? Yeah, they're nowhere to be seen. That's when he showed up a bit with the, and this book has a lot of delays, but that's where he's like, oh man, I think it's premature to call it the Roy Harper. And you know, they're like, oh, well, we thought you were dead and the whole deal, but now, yeah, gone. And who do you think this Red X is? The second one. It plays off Again, almost like a since grant. It's the second Red X because of like it was in the Teen Titans uh, uh, cartoon back in 2002. Because it was never like revealed there, I don't think it will ever be no, revealed. I don't think this it is, will, but I think what do you think they're playing with? I don't think they're playing with anything, honestly. I just well, think it's going to be a Red saying X. About, he says – you ruined everything of mine 10 years ago. There's a very specific and thing again, that he's yelling ago. about. What does that mean in comic book I don't time? know. That's what I'm thinking. And the idea, like, it could have been a grant or, like, something like that. But I, I And, again, I don't think we'll ever see it. So it, it's weird. But he is again, playing at something even with to try that, to this interest is the you, first but nobody that, cares. This is the first time that Red X has been introduced in the current, like, continuity. So that doesn't really even mean anything. Because, I mean, that, Grant's been dead for so long. It's the way the new Teen Titans have been started. So he had to, you took everything from me 10 years ago. I'm like, that means nothing and to me. And that's, again, and coming from a guy who you. thinks that young Black Adam is a million years old. So, yeah. I mean, you can't really go by anything. But I'm thinking the idea, when he says 10, you think that a Tim Sheridan type of guy would end up going with actual time. And then I'm like, probably. What, what's about 2012, 2011? I mean, you do have the new 52 or whatnot. So what could that mean? I just imagine but it's I like the, the roommate that he did not pay in Chicago before he took off to do forever evil stuff. It's actually, you don't know. It's that girl who figured out his identity. <laughs> She's just grown up a little bit. I, it's I don't Sonya know. Zuko. Yeah. Yeah. And just whatever. It's just, because I can only think he'd go surface level of 10 years ago where he's thinking of some. But again, he's also a guy who seems to only go cartoon or something like that. And I'm like, what, what is this? What, watch, it's something from Teen Titans Go. It's the pizza delivery guy from one of the pizza fucking parties. I don't no know. No idea. Yeah, I don't either. And and really, at the end of this, when you and reveal, I don't think it'll ever be revealed. And I don't think that anybody should even try to figure this out because it's, it's bullshit or bullshit and the idea that what are you doing? Uh, the games are done. I don't even with this and the Shazam book being complete bullcrap. I, I just could care less. This That's guy's a garbage. Awful. Yeah, it is gonna say garbage. That's how they say it in Denmark. Yeah, it's the garbage. 
What would you give this? <laughs> I, I, I like the art enough. I mean, the thing is, you saw a lot of the students who like didn't have a lot of time to do anything, but you saw them being heroes. That was fine enough for what it was, even though you were pretty much focusing on the most bullshit Red X reveal of Brick, and then there's another Red X. It doesn't matter. And all I'm concerned about now is to make sure that we divert that future of Beast Boy or Changeling and Cyborg fusing together as one. That's all I want to happen out of the series going forward. But because of the art and some of the stuff with the kids and stuff, 4.5 out of 10. How dare you? Yeah, I, I even where you go with the idea of seeing them as heroes. Some of these, I get angry because I wanted to know more about them, and you never did it. You never set you it up. You up to help and, when they so didn't And so when you to. get to these 12 issues, you just kind of think back and like, what the fuck did you do all this time? And a lot of it was this Red X stuff that really well, Maybe somebody will care about out. this. So it is a reveal that you've been waiting for finally. It's just I can't see how anybody could, to me. I don't think anybody could be satisfied with this unless they actually think. I You know, I saw some uh, one reviewer said, oh, it's going to be awesome because I don't think they realized it was canceled either. But the idea of, man, I can't wait to see what Tim Sheridan has next so we can reveal what that second Red X is finally. I see a lot of people on Twitter who think the Teen Titans Academy is a good series. I don't know why, but they do. No, it's it's bad. And I think that some of the characters have unique looks, but most of the time it's their looks that are the dominant factor of it because you never develop them. But even some of the ones that they developed ended up not really being anything by the end. And this part, yeah, I kind of get upset with the idea that I wanted to see more and, and it's not just the new characters. I wanted to see more of the Teen Titans. You see Roundhouse at the end. Yeah. He's like standing around. The I'm upper like, classman. Yeah, you want to see more do of anything. I wanted to see more of that. I wanted this to be a book where you could get all of these things going. And it would take a lot. I mean, I'm telling you, there's a lot of plates to spin and, you know, juggle and whatnot because there's so many characters. But you set it up that way. Tim Sharon had set this book up with 50 million characters and never could really do anything with it. For the most part, then shit got delayed, whether that was his fault or whatnot. And then, he, like I said, the Shazam book, that was, a, and then out of nowhere at the end, like Billy Batson said, I'm like, you shut your mouth. Uh, Great it was Billy bad. Batson. Three out of ten. It just though, was nothing. You're in this book, but if you happen to leave this book, even worse things happen to you, like Billy Batson <laughs> and like Crush. And Crush. <laughs> that is true. But I, I actually like the idea of like the Bat Pack and. And stuff like these characters, yeah, but I fun. don't know, don't know that you really establish anything to go a Jay forward. And Bob joke. That's what I'm saying. I don't think you've even done anything with them. And then you turn them into a joke. Stitch, cool concept of a character, and then you just made them a joke. A magically animated cloth person, like that was, you know, being like a uh, that was being mentored by Doctor Fate. Cool idea. What are you and doing? Looks with it? like a, a little like Ragman type of exactly. you know, update type of deal. It seems really cool, but they ended up being just. Ambush bug or Deadpool or whatever, just to do these things. And that even came to be like almost like Tim Sheridan. Like that came out of nowhere. I'm saying, I think Tim Sheridan at one point, like, had a little joke or something and, and went with that. I mean, oh my God, I got complimented once on my Twitter that I only allow 500 people to be fun. Oh my God, I'm going to, and then just went hard and heavy with it when it became too much. And yeah, it just ended up being a joke of a character that I thought could have been something pretty cool, but just bullshit. But Eric. <laughs> I do. I'm What'd gonna have it? to end up. I give it a three, okay. and uh, I, I'm gonna have to maybe uh, get that out. So when I get really mad, I could just keep hitting the soundbite of bullshit on bullshit. But what do you give your book of the week? My book of the week is Action Comics number one thousand and forty. The Wolf Mine's the Wolfman, Eric. But I also Weird. did like Action Comics one thousand and forty. It was really good, and even like Jayman earlier was talking. Give it a shot. It's really really good. You don't need to have 
Superman on Earth to be Superman and whatnot, let John do his thing because what's going on on War World, it does seem big. And it actually, you know, even though I was a little bit late on liking it as much even as you are, it does feel classic. It really does. And it really gives you that idea of what me and Eric wanted even back at the DCYOU. The idea of a, a depowered Superman, Superman showing that he's still Superman. super. That's the greatest thing. And with Agreed. that. We're finally getting it. Yeah, we're finally getting what we wanted all those years ago. So I really do, you know, stress that idea. I'm not one that, you know, usually when Eric likes something, I kind of want to, you know, go against him. And stuff. So <laughs> I even I even come out. I mean, it's a big thing for me to say. Yeah, I kind of forgot about Action Comics, but it should be on my do or die pull list. It, it is that good. So give it a shot. But here's what we have next week. Obviously, two of these books will be on the, uh, what is it called? The Patreon, Patreon spotlight, spotlight with the badasses, by the badasses of the Get Fresh Crew. Uh-uh. I will spell out, too, we're going to be starting into the month of March. We have an annuals week, I believe, by the end of that. So that'll be a Patreon-only thing Don't we to get everybody inspired. we have an week in March and May this and year? And May. Yep. Yep, we do. So there you go. And maybe I'm mistaken, but I do think that we have two in three months. But pretty low. Batman number 121, it's weird because obviously Batman's the huge book or whatnot. Not that concerned with that book right now. I even said about the idea of the Shadow War and stuff like that. Getting back to Lex, oh my God, Batman Inc. wants to kill me or whatnot. I don't know. I'm I'm a little more excited about I'm other books, but hopefully that's stuff. good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't feel as fresh as some of these books the last couple of weeks. So we'll see. Oh, Batman Killing Time, Eric. Batman Killing Time number one. Maybe that'll Tom be my Tim Batman deal. book next week. Maybe it will. But I think that you could say that Dark Knights of Steel is a bit of a Batman Kinda. book as well. And we have Dark Knights of Steel is, number I just, five. I need to see what that Killing Time is because, you know, Tom King, he's usually Tom King's the shit out of things. This one feels like he's you know, putting that. I know Tom King lies about a lot about what he does, but he's talking about this is a more back to basics, more fun heist kind of story. So hopefully it does that and just doesn't, you know, Assassinate characters like he usually I saw does. a couple. I saw a couple preview pictures. It looked like he's Tom Kicking the shit out of it. Ah. But we'll see. We'll see. I mean, usually he doesn't reveal that until like issue six, really, of really going with the deal. But we'll see. Uh, you also have, like I said, Dark Knights of Steel number five. You have to tell, and we're. I'm looking to get back on board with that. We didn't love the we did last our issue. Last but, issue. Now we can move forward in my mind. Yeah, let's get going. See what the hell that crazed out supergirl still in there not even the crazed out supergirl now that we have the reveal of the crazed out lex with the joker green lantern <laughs> yeah 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 jesus <laughs> christ <laughs> the green man detective comics number 1055 continuing let's see what happens Part and hopefully nine, the hopefully we'll get to the point where where gets thrown out he needs to toby where and yes exactly and uh, the pavement would be his enemy it's true uh, i want to have like Give me something that I don't already know, the idea that they're going to end up taking over and whatnot. I want to see how that goes down. Justice League number 73, you mentioned that, that as we Zenodoth. get closer and closer. And we like that. We like the Zenodoth. Black Adam so Zenodoth. Pretty cool. Justice League incarnate number five, Eric. So we'll see how that, I think that is. So okay. we'll end up seeing that. That will obviously, not obviously, but it should lead to a little bit of the death of the Justice League and also the Dark Crisis stuff. So we'll see how that goes. Monkey Prince number two. We like the first that, one we, enough. I didn't care for it as much as I cared for the preludes to that book. So the preludes I, we liked. A I'm lot. really hoping issue number two picks up to see the like you know this is why you should care about Monkey Prince because that first issue for what we got at the end, just forcing Batman down our throats for that issue. One, no, and that's I want to get away now. from that. 
And we did that, I believe, on the, a Patreon spotlight. So if you didn't hear us talk about that, one of our things was having Batman show up and Damien felt like it was not confident enough in its own book to have them in. And I did see preview stuff was on this. In Philadelphia with Billy Bassett. Yeah. And I saw preview stuff and it looks like heavy Batman. So I, that kind of, it kind of upsets me a little, but we'll see how that is. We also have Suicide Squad number 13. Getting down to the Y on that one, too. Yeah, and heading into the whole War deal as we'll Earth see. 3. The next book, War for Earth 3, number one. Uh, with that, too, there was a weird thing, and I saw something change or whatever. We were led to believe that the trial of the Amazons was actually going to start next week. I believe it starts in two weeks. So okay. Remember when we were talking about Nubia? Yeah. Not even coming out in time and stuff. Maybe that's kind of the way they're they're pushing and whatnot. So that is not coming out next week, which we thought it was. But with all of that said and done, that is it, Eric. That's the end of the podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for mailing in all of you mailers uh, there. And make sure that you go over to the Twitters and follow us at Weird Science DC. Go to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, for reviews of most of the books that we just mentioned and all the ones before that. And then go to our Instagram, Weird Science Comic, and the Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where you can get a ton of things. Like I said, we're coming up to a couple annuals, weeks, and stuff like that that will be Patreon only if that inspires you to get involved, but also the weekly spotlight where me and Eric end up talking and have some fun with it. We ended up, I think, the last spotlight last week was. And it was the DC versus vampires and then something else, right? The deep target book. It was about an hour and a half. So we end up doing a little more with that. But all of that said and done, Eric, what do we say at the end of the podcast? Everyone have a great week. We keep it weird. Weird. And we'll see you in seven. See you in seven. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.